Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Amazon 100 Goose Chase Special! Featuring Kiki Rapper, Drugs of Ever, and some other things too! Tonight, a look at the first 99 episodes! And now, for your hosts, Kiki Maripot and Drudgy And welcome to our 100th episode. Yes, thank you for that stunning introduction so at much, the top of the episode. So much fanfare. It's, it's yes, really, it's, we really, we've hired an announcer. It's a magical night. You <laughs> it know, really is. we're both wearing uh, formal wear. Yeah, I actually am. Yeah, yeah. we're wearing formal wear. <laughs> I have a top hat on. He does. It's that No special. pants, though. It's a little weird. Eh. But you they're know. real fancy boxers. <laughs> <laughs> they're so. Um, yeah, this is our this is our big one hundo. Uh, this is I cannot. I, every time I say that, I'm like, how the hell do we make a hundred of these episodes? Poor judgment. Poor ju- poor judgment, and not knowing <laughs> when to let something die. Uh, not uh, you know, just too much free time. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of... Very few big life goals. You know, it's funny, because, like, no, absolutely not. Like, we have crammed this into our existing (laughs) lives and worked really hard to make this thing happen. Yes. Uh, And we are busy people. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we were. Yeah. Right now, things have come to a screeching halt. That's right. Because of COVID-19. We probably could have made 100 episodes since we were told (laughs) to stay in our houses. But yet... Our mental health has declined, and so we haven't. You know, it's hard to, like, I don't know, it's hard to focus on anything for everybody. Um, It's like a real stupid, weird time where you got nothing but time, and still just the malaise Mm -hmm. sets in. This this is Easter Sunday. Yes, it is. It's been a very COVID-19 Easter. (laughs) It has. It's been a it's been a cursed Easter in some ways. <laughs> yes, I had it. We had a difficult morning. Yeah, I woke up. I uh, went to take the dogs outside. It's normally how the mornings start. Uh, they've been a little under the weather lately. Mm-hmm. Leroy, we've had him for what about a month? Yeah, about a month. <laughs> and he's like a problem child. Yep. He is a problem dog. Mm-hmm. Like he has tried to run away three or four times. He. Four. Four times. Yeah. He ate your CPAP mask, uh, which you got replaced, luckily. That, he, <laughs> that was miserable. He found the one thing in the house I literally can't live without. <laughs> he cracked one of his nails, yep. like almost all the way. Yep. So it's definitely like 
to the quick. Yep. Um, and then he started uh, pooping blood. <laughs> it's, it's not funny, but it's, like, why it's is like, this <laughs> happening? So uh, he's on it's, medication. Uh, it's not serious, or we wouldn't be laughing. He's being right. Treated, he's but he's, like, he's what okay. He's the taking hell? medications, and then uh, he's supposed to be eating a very bland diet. <laughs> Of, like, rice and boiled chicken, which right. the dogs fucking love. Yeah, they like it more than their regular food. <laughs> and then this morning, amidst all of his, like, digestive concerns and yeah. everything. We're, like, very worried about nail, his stomach. And, like, I don't want him to bust his nail open and, like, all this shit. Take them outside. Mm. We've reinforced the fence. Dave has reinforced the fence so he yes. can't try to escape again. And... So I haven't been taking him out on the leash. So he goes out, everything's fine, and then all of a sudden he's wrestling in our rhubarb. Mm-hmm. And I as I'm yelling at him to get away from there, right. at like 9:30 or 10 in the morning. Yeah. He all of a sudden snaps into action. Uh-huh. And I realize he just got a rabbit. Mm-hmm. So he got a, a wee baby bunny. Mhm. Not super wee, like not newborn, but like definitely yeah, just old enough to be on its own probably. These are the ones I'm <clears> almost <throat> sure that I, that I chased out of my garden and chased them into the yeah. front lawn so that they wouldn't get killed by my dogs. Yeah. So um, <laughs> he got this baby bunny on Easter Sunday. Oh so fucked up. <laughs> and then I didn't, I couldn't take him away, take the bunny away from him. Like he had it in his mouth. And I was like, I can't. I'm not reaching in this dog's mouth to grab a dead animal. Nope. And I'm not going to deal with possibly getting bit because right. <laughs> he wants it. So, and I don't think he would bite me, but it's like a very prized <laughs> item. Well, at, that, <laughs> at that moment, all of his cylinders are firing right. hard. Total prey drive. Yeah. So I was just looking around like, what do I do? At one point, I said out loud, I can't watch this. And I turned away. But then I was like, well, I kind of have to watch this because I don't want him to, like, get sick. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. So I watched him eat a baby bunny hole on <laughs> Easter listened. Sunday. It was horrifying to hear. Ugh. And then... um got him inside and you're like are you okay i was like that was horrific like that was the worst thing i've ever experienced and uh and then my contribution was helping to shovel its guts that were left over it's not very much out of, very the, ba- out of the backyard and into my front yard <laughs> where it can serve as a totem to all of the other bunnies that make some rotten through. bird will come along and eat yeah. it oh yeah definitely mm-hmm. um so that was our morning so happy easter everyone <laughs> <laughs> and uh then just like things were thrown off because of that and we didn't yeah. feed him breakfast because i figured he ate his yeah we were like on puke in in poop watch for the first so couple hours. I was scared he was going to throw up. Yeah, I did not want a that. A dead in my animal. House. Yeah. Uh, surprisingly, dude has been thro- throwing up everything and, and diarrheaing everything, but that stays down just fine. Yeah. <laughs> Perfectly fine. He probably, he's sitting there wanting to puke, but being like, there's no way I'm letting this out. Yeah. Yeah. Can't this, give this, this one up. This is all this me. This is a prized meal. I, I mean, if I throw it up, someone else is going to eat it, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Not someone else would be Boba. <sighs> this is a real, real awful gross start yeah. to our 100th episode. It was an awful gross start to our day. Yeah, right. So we need to share it with all of you. Mm-hmm. So that just kind of threw us off. And then yeah. it's, it it's was been a mess. It's a crazy couple of weeks. You had some shopping to do. And then mm-hmm. I uh, one bright spot was I made uh, banana whoopie pies yeah. with a peanut butter filling and a chocolate ganache topping they're really really good they're really delicious i wanted to make something with banana because we have a bunch of banana frozen mm-hmm. and wanted to get rid of some of it and i didn't want to make banana bread because everyone's making banana bread are they and yes so much banana bread you know what wait like everyone right now is making banana bread because i yes, have a theory because everyone's baking and everyone has fruit that they don't want to go bad like bananas they don't want to go bad but they haven't gotten to here's my theory everyone panicked when they went to the grocery store <laughs> yeah. and they were like what's an essential oh right bananas i bananas are essential <laughs> i must have lots of bananas and then they're like i can't eat all these bananas because like so in, you freeze them in your head you're like a ah, healthy fruit eh, banana that's it Let's get a lot yeah. of those. <laughs> so people are making banana bread and stuff, which I like. Yeah, they're making but over I wanted, shopping banana bread. Yeah, but I wanted um, something different. So that's what yeah. I made. And they're great. Yeah, they're super and My good. mom dropped off a full Easter dinner. Which was so nice. Yeah, and it was so sad that she It was very delicious, but yes. She texted me and she was like, well, we can't do Easter like normal, but I can cook like normal. <laughs> <laughs> this is my mom holding it together. Right. In um, my kitchen, everything's normal. <laughs> right. If I just cook all day, I, for at least five hours, I could pretend nothing is wrong. Yeah. So, and that's what I've been like doing that. by by self-isolation baking. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm using this time to get better at baking. Yeah. I, and then I just have, like, a tray full of cookies that I don't need to eat. You know, most everyone I know is just handling this thing by, like, hunkering down on a spot on the couch and drinking until it ends. <laughs> Yes. So I think baking is probably a healthier alternative. Mm, except when you eat everything that you're that's baking. That's true. That's... Then you have to eat everything you baked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you hey, can't give it to anybody. What happened to that entire bag of sugar? Oh, yeah, I've used it all. So, but yeah. you know, we're holding it together the best we can. Yeah, we're doing all right. Yeah. We're we're not doing like great, but we're not doing poorly either. Yes, I started a new job. Yeah, right. Which, by the way, in this economic situation, not a lot of people could say they're starting work. Yes. I do work in in an essential industry in Mm -hmm. pharmacy. Um, There was somewhere I had already interviewed for before all of this, and it just so happened they had some openings. Yeah. So that worked out. Yeah. Um, So I I feel very lucky for that. Mm -hmm. And uh, just hanging in there. I feel lucky that during all this time, I'm able to work from home, mm-hmm. and basically my job has been mostly normal. There's certain things I can't do. <sighs> I used to shoot videos of people quite a bit mm-hmm. and do like interviews and stuff. I can't go to them and like sit down with them with a camera anymore, so that's yeah. kind of a problem. Um, or you know, take photos of products or things like that. There's a lot of things I can't do that I would like need to be there for. But the good news is, it's like everyone's in it you know so i'm not penalized for not being able to do it right so i spent the last gosh is it three now how many weeks have we been doing this is it it feels like forever i I feel like it's about three weeks we're coming up on our fourth week of it yeah so it was like the um (laughs) maybe the 16th was the first day of it 
the day before St. Patty's? It was Patty's? through April 6th. It started, then, like, started like March 16th is what I'm saying. Like I the day know. before St. Patty's because we canceled our St. Patty's party. Yeah, but we didn't. We canceled it before right. all of this self-isolation that, stuff. The, I think that came a little bit after that. The party was supposed to be Saturday. Mm-hmm. The following Monday, they started telling everyone to stay at home. And the day after that was St. Patty's. And that Monday that they told everyone to stay home, I'm pretty sure that that's like that was it, the 16th, right? I don't know. Regardless, <laughs> I know it was like two weeks that they said to well, self-isolate for, and then they we they would come back and tell us, and then they told us the rest of the month. It's well, not that important. Well, the thing is, now it's the 12th. <laughs> mm-hmm. That means we've been doing this a month. I like cannot believe it. The, it. I feel like everyone's doing this right now. Everyone is like, what? even day or week is it yeah things are blending together uh it's yeah it's like four weeks now yeah <laughs> it's been four weeks <laughs> another month to go oh my god it's unbelievable at least you know i was talking with uh with my mom a little bit about all of this <laughs> stuff today but one of the things that came up is like we have been since 2015 there's this TED talk that's going around right now that everyone's like, oh, my God. But, like, we knew this was going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. And in 2015, Bill Gates's TED talk was around, we are not ready for the next one. Yep. Five years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's just really, really frustrating to me that everyone who seems to know anything about this stuff was warning that we were going to get one. And we didn't do enough early enough. So here we are. Yeah. And yet the people who get blamed are not the people who were not doing enough. Yeah. The people who get blamed are like the scientists who were trying to tell everybody. Screaming like they're on fire about it. Yeah. And it's just never it's just never uh-uh. managed to be a priority. The, the only good thing to come out of all this is we will never again be like, this can't happen. I don't know. I think we probably will be like that. I don't think so. In the future. It might be might be a while, but... Not in our lifetime. I hope not. Yeah, maybe. I not. hope not. I just don't have that much confidence in people. Yeah, maybe you're, I'm, maybe I'm, you're right. Nah, maybe I'm too cynical, but I feel like as soon as things go back to something resembling normal... Mm-hmm. People will want to forget it like it was a bad dream and just yeah. live in their little bubbles again and be like, dude, to do, do, do nothing could possibly go wrong. I, I really hope. I that. really hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> I hope it doesn't. I don't feel like I will do that. Right. But. But we're also not going to be wearing like gloves and masks 20 years from now. If we if we get the yeah. sense that, OK, well, at least there's not like a big super bug around right now. I mean, we'll we will go back to normal. Something resembling it. I think some things will change permanently. I hope the healthcare industry changes. Uh, in which ways? Um, in like every way. <laughs> in uh, yeah, in in just being more prepared in, um, having at least ideas of where they can turn to for more supplies when they need it. Mm-hmm. Maybe having some extra supplies, like having contingency plans, mm-hmm. knowing where they could set up extra beds, like. Just having having a, an actual an plan. plan. That's the yeah. thing. We actually don't did not have one, and still kind of don't. Yeah. But we could have. We could yeah. have had a policy, a policy on this, and then when everything happened, someone could have, could have pulled the ripcord, and we could have started doing it all. 
But instead, we waffled around for two to three weeks going, yeah, it probably won't. Yeah, it's fine. I am proud of Ohio. Yeah. And proud of DeWine. Yeah. A guy who I did not previously <laughs> really like very much. I have absolute respect for Mike DeWine right now. Yeah. He's making us not look look like we are look like we have our shit together. So as a person from Ohio who has lived in other states, mm-hmm. every time you introduce yourself as being from Ohio, mm-hmm. you get this weird response from people, <laughs> which is they go, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> like they apologize that you're no, from Ohio. No. Yes. Shut up. Really? And it's always been like, <laughs> okay, like it's a little fucking patronizing. Uh, oh my God. I'm thanks. so sorry. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm sorry. Like, well, fuck you. I know you live in Chicago, but like, you, you shove it. You have to be kidding. <laughs> no, I've gotten that multiple times from multiple people from different places. You know, it's funny because like Ohio kind of sucks in a lot of ways. It's because people who've never been to Ohio just think of Ohio as this like Midwest kind of bunkin'y place. Yeah. Um, and not that there are not a lot of areas like that, yeah. because there are, but there are in a lot of states. Yeah. I never thought of it that way, obviously, because I'm from here and I've mm-hmm. lived in different parts of it and I know the variety that comes from here. Yeah. But it's just like this this idea of what Ohio is like to people that don't know it. Yeah. I remember one time our friend Katie and I, we were in Chicago together and we're like on a train and someone's struck up a conversation with us and like asked us where we were from. And she's wearing like a plaid shirt and leggings or something. I have no idea what I was wearing. And he asked where we were from and she said, Ohio. And he's like, "Mm -hmm, that makes sense. And I'm like, is it the plaid? Like, is it it the plaid? Like, I don't know what that means. Is it, like, just because we were, like, nice? I don't know. (laughs) I don't get it. But to be fair, in Chicago, if you're talking to a stranger, Mm -hmm. people might assume you're not from Chicago. Yeah, you know what, that's Because it is from the Midwest, but it's definitely more city. And yeah. so there is, especially on public transit, this idea of, like, don't talk to me. Like, don't pay attention to me. No. Yeah. Um, Unless there's a good reason, just don't yeah. don't bother someone. <clears throat> but, yeah, people will apologize to you. That's and so I think weird. that I think that might change. You think? I think because of this, that might change. Hmm. Because a lot of people are looking at dewine and ohio with a lot of respect for the fact that they got to jump on things and we were still late to the game yeah we were but we weren't as late as some other people right even one week made a difference and that being said if you are not taking this seriously go fucking suck it (laughs) and get in your house you bastards yeah go outside for walks then like go outside and do things around your yard or go for walks that's fine but like do not take your whole tribe of a family, all 10 of you or whatever, to the grocery store. Yeah, right. Like, why does everyone in the family need to go to the grocery store? You know what? I didn't even think about that. But now that you mention it, today when I went out, uh, I uh, saw several full families. Because people are bored. But you know what? That's not an excuse. <laughs> you you pick one sacrificial lamb and yeah. they go to the grocery store. <laughs> Today it was you. Today it was me. Next time it'll probably be me. Sure. But. 
I wasn't aware I was a sacrificial lamb at the moment, well, but now I luckily am. you volunteered, right. and I didn't have to volunteer you. Wow. <laughs> but uh, I will. Uh, okay. <laughs> no, but, like, just be smart. We're trying to do social distancing. It's yeah. hard to do social distancing in a grocery store if your it family is. takes up an entire aisle. Yeah. So don't do that. The thing that I... The, the thing that I do now when I end up in a grocery store is I watch the eyes of the people around me. <clears throat> like, I watch what expressions are on people's faces. Just it's often blank. Everyone seems like real. They're like me. They're like laser focused on getting what I need and getting the fuck well, out of Well, as it should be. Yeah. As it should be. Like, if it's a trip for a central thing, like, you should not just be lollygagging. You shouldn't be walking around the grocery store to get a walk. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be... Oh, this is something I, I heard that people were doing. Going to Walgreens to get photos developed. <laughs> right now? Right. That seems like, very not essential. Like, if you're going to Walgreens to get other things that are essential and you do that at the same time, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, no. <laughs> Just, like, don't do that. These <clears throat> These people who are considered essential workers... And yes, they're maybe they're lucky to be working right now, but also they have to deal with you yeah. and other people who potentially could be sick. Mm-hmm. People who work at places like Walmart are dying. Yeah. Well, people, yeah, people that work basically anywhere are dying. <laughs> Obviously, are like first line workers, like hospital, mm-hmm. like people in the hospital, nurses, mm-hmm. doctors are dying because they're more heavily exposed to it. Um, it, but it's like an insult to not take it seriously. Yeah. And that's the other thing too, is there's still a lot of people not wearing masks out there. Yeah. There's still a lot of people not doing that. And the thing is the mask as we, as we know is not, it's not for me <laughs> when I wear it. It's for everyone else. Right. You are keeping your germs to yourself. Yeah. So it's only helpful if the majority of people are doing it. If everyone did it, yeah. we would cut infection rates by a shit ton. Like, I keep mine to me, and you keep hers to you, and mm. we will maybe put a little more of a dent in it. And there's, uh, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Okay. I just don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> You're <laughs> just, ripping your fingers apart. I know. I'm, like, pulling my Stop nails it. off. <laughs> this is just upsetting me so much. Well, I don't want to talk about it anymore either. Let's get into... <laughs> Let's get into so our what, super special 100th episode yay. for fuck's sake already. So what we're going to do today is <laughs> what we have said we were going to do, which is a recap of the past episodes that need updates. Yeah. Do you have yours on you? I have it on my phone, but I actually thought maybe we would uh, take a break here uh, after doing our introduction. We're not uh-huh. doing trues and news today. <laughs> Yeah. No trues, no news. There just there's too much trues and too much news in the world mm-hmm. already. No news is good news or <laughs> something. I don't know. And uh, we we have a lot to get through already this episode. So yeah. So but yes, when we come back, we'll be looking at episodes we the you know, things we talked about in the past and updates on some of those episodes. Uh, something I'm calling Goose Chase Saves the World. Oh yes. Uh, because after all. It. It is because we did these episodes that these other things happened, obviously. Yeah, clearly we are the catalyst. <laughs> um, <laughs> so why don't we take a break, and we'll be back with episode 100. All right. All right.
And we're back. And we're back. <sighs> One hundred episodes. One hundo episode. Uh, how many updates did we do total? I actually didn't count. I think I, I did about ten, and you said you did... I think it's eighteen, because I did, I did eight, you did ten. Yeah. So 18 recaps. So that's like almost 20% of all of our episodes. Yeah. So some of them are like things that happened a really long time ago. So there's not really an epi- like an update on them. Yeah. Like historical happenings. We had that episode on salt, which was extensively covered by friend of the podcast, Drew. I just mm-hmm. don't think there's anything more salt related to talk about. <laughs> not lately. Stuff like that. It's so, very recent. I mean, you know. <laughs> she caught us right up. <laughs> right up to the minute we are up to the date on what is happening with salt yes um so uh, yeah but yeah no we um actually she told me something interesting which was that uh the 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 date that we did the uh the hope diamond episode mm-hmm. was the day that the diamond was stolen oh that's which, cool which was also 9-11 never forget i won't now you might have before, but now that we did the Hope Diamond episode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now I shall surely never forget. All right. Double All right. reinforced. Uh, but yeah, so we have, you know, almost 20 updates. <laughs> I'm yeah. trying to make it sound like more than it is. <laughs> well, can, considering the types of episodes we've done, not everything is going to have an update. Sure. Like, some of them do, and obviously the ones that were further towards the beginning have more updates than the ones yes. towards the end. And the ones that there's a couple things that we caught like right as things were developing. Yeah. And so there's clearly going to be more updates on those than and other things. So, in other words, we saved the world. Yes. By that's, releasing that's these episodes, we spurred actual change in the world. Yes. We're not just good at uh, hopping on the bandwagon just as things are starting to develop. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> All right, so uh, I'm going to go ahead and start with my first update, Mm -hmm. which is the very first episode, Synthetic Meat. Yeah, actually a lot has changed with Synthetic Meat in the last couple of years, and it seemed kind of like bizarro at the time. Mm, What are you thinking? uh, Just Synthetic Meat seemed bizarro at the time. Oh, yeah. Um, I think it still does to a lot of people. But, it, but it's there, like really, but it's in fast food restaurants now. Like no, synth- no synthetic. Oh, meat. oh no, those are plant meats. Yeah, those are plant based meats. Which oh, is oh wait, you, okay, so right, that's right, synthetic. <laughs> so synthetic meat is like lab meat. Yes. Right. Yes. Wow. Um. So it's still not commercially available. Mm-hmm. Uh. Though Mosa Meats is hoping to roll out a commercially available product by 2021. Who are they? They're they're one of the companies that do synthetic meat. No, what's their name? Mosa Meats. Mosa Meats. Yes. Okay. Um. So it seems like there's been some rebranding happening in the past couple years. At one point, they switched to kind of referring to it as clean meat. Mm. It gained traction because it they people felt it better reflected the production and the benefits of it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all about branding. Yeah. How um, you market that? So is like kind of so important. it surpassed. The terms cultured and in vitro, and then cultivated meat took over in, in like 2019. Yeah. Um, and Memphis Meats is another company that is focusing on synthetic meat. Okay. They got 160 
was it 161 million Series B? Oh, really? Um, led by SoftBank Group. That's a mm. hell of a lot of startup capital. Norwest in Temasek. Um, they were joined by new and existing investor investors like Richard Branson, Bill Gates, Threshold Ventures, Cargill, Tyson Foods. Mm-hmm. There's there's a bunch, but like some of those names you recognize. Yeah. Um, they are using funds to build a pilot production facility. So it seems like there's probably a bit of a race to be the first person to put out a feasible. Yeah, so the, that can be commercially available. Product. Yeah. Um, Aleph Farms uh, in May 2019 they announced a 12 million dollar funding round. Mm-hmm. So it seems like it's kind of a a race to put out synthetic meat products. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Maybe that'll happen in 2021. Maybe, probably not. I don't see it happening sooner than that. If they're just now like starting to build production facilities and get Series Bs and all that shit. I'm really interested in the ways that they're going to try and make this seem normal to people. Yeah, we talked about it when we did our episode Mm -hmm. that... One of two things has to happen. It either has to taste and look super duper similar to what we already have. Yeah. Or their marketing has to be so good <laughs> to make people okay with having something so very different yeah. from what they have. So I'm interested to see what they do with that. And I do feel like it would be more successful for things like chicken nuggets and oh, like yeah. things that are already super processed yeah right that like you can kind of ignore that it doesn't look like a normal piece of meat yeah well like take hot dogs for example <laughs> right we all know enough about what goes into a hot dog <laughs> yeah. to be skeptical of a hot dog but we still eat them yes we know how the sausage is made we know far too much about how the sausage is made but yes. we're not we're not like uncomfortable with what it is. I feel like the same could end up being the case for yeah. lab grown meats. Is you know, yeah, it's weird, but it tastes a damn good. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> it just has to taste good. Yep, that's really it. All right. So, um, I also have the next update, which was episode three on the reptilians and David Ike. There's more. Just a small. Update. Uh, he's still going strong on the YouTubes. Is he really? Posting a lot of episodes. Um, just to mention some recent video names. Uh, coronavirus. What is really going on? Oh, God. Um, David <clears throat> Ike. David Ike talks to Jimmy Church. Um, you probably don't know who Jimmy Church is. I don't know who Jimmy Church uh, is. Jimmy Church is big in... Uh, people who believe in extraterrestrial circles. Okay. So I know about him because Ross and Carrie did some episodes where they went to some conferences mm-hmm. around that topic. And Jimmy Church, like, he moderates and, and hosts a lot of different talks. And he's he's a radio host and stuff. So whenever he's, like, on, whenever he's talking, he talks in this big, deep radio host <laughs> voice. I'm Jimmy Church. I hate and that. And whenever they talk about Jimmy Church, they do his voice and it always makes me laugh. <laughs> this is why I said his name like that. Yeah. Um. So it totally makes sense that David Icke would talk to someone like Jimmy Church. Mm-hmm. These guys all get together. The yep. internet has enabled crackpots <sighs> to, like, 
interface in a way that they never could have in the past. Mm -hmm. Uh, Coronavirus, a long-planned excuse to transform the economic system. (sighs) Coronavirus, who benefits? And then things like the transgender agenda. Oh. So he's just firing on all cylinders. He has a take on everything, just like he did when we first did the episode. We all know that the coronavirus is to keep us indoors so they can change the batteries on the birds. (laughs) Everyone knows. My personal favorite is the conspiracy theory I came up with. (laughs) Really? You don't say? (laughs) Which is that the coronavirus is being spread by the scientists. Well, the actual virus isn't being spread, but the... The panic is being spread by scientists who believe in global warming and climate change to keep us inside and not travel as much so we can reverse the effects. Well, if that Since was Since no true, one was doing anything about it. If that was true, boy, did it work. Yes. That crazy stuff you see. I, I know we talked about this already where the canals of Venice have cleaned up and yeah. the dolphins are coming back. <laughs> yeah. Like, Jesus. Just just more proof that humans are the problem. Yeah, totally. So <laughs> that was, that's all I really got on David Icke, but he's still out there. He still has an opinion on almost everything, <sighs> and it's usually wrong. <laughs> you know, I remember when we did his episode, there was a moment I felt real pity for him. <clears throat> and I, yeah. think, I think just as time goes on, I'm like, nah, I don't got pity for any of these nah. motherfuckers. <laughs> well... Don't. I just don't. The longer career someone who spreads the kind of messages they spread mm-hmm. has, yeah, the, the the it's hard to have empathy for them. I think so. When you see that they're doing a lot of damage, my battery is dying really rapidly. I don't like this. You need might to plug have, it in. I might have to eventually. Okay. Well, your turn. All right. So I got an episode update for episode four. Everyone's favorite, <laughs> Alex Jones. All right. Um, I don't know if you remember where we had left off with Alex Jones, because it was all the way back in 2017. Not exactly. Yeah. Um, so October 1st, 2017, we released that episode. Um, basically, ever since we discussed Alex Jones, his media empire has completely imploded. <laughs> Which, mm-hmm. like, it's it's... It's hard to remember, but all the way back then, there was no indication that that was going to happen. Right. He still had his show going. And yeah. Alex Jones was huge all over all <laughs> social media. He had a big YouTube presence and uh, it was, you know, it just seemed like he was unstoppable. Um, it looked like it could never happen. Uh, but OK, so when we were talking about him, he had already been divorced for a few years. Mm hmm. We also got all that information on his custody battle, which gave us this like glimpse into his real life, you know, yeah. where like his lawyer was arguing, you know, this is all a show, you know, and then he, Alex would go on a show and be like, no, nah, this is all real, you know? Yeah. Um, he has to save face. Exactly. So like, you know, in court, the, 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 anyway, they're portraying two different versions of this guy, you know? Um, so since the episode, uh, he has had the shit kicked out of him in the legal sense. Um, April of 2018, several Sandy Hook families launched a joint defamation lawsuit. Mm-hmm. So that was the, um, you know, Alex Jones was claiming that the whole Sandy Hook thing was yeah, a false flag operation that they're everyone's actors and there were no real dead kids. And, uh, which is so hurtful, unconscionable. 
I really, really hate these conspiracy dudes, like with a passion. Um, and he's the worst of them. Uh, he described in court in a, a, a film, not in court, but in a film deposition for the trial mm-hmm. that he his beliefs were a form of psychosis he had fallen under and basically said he no longer believed all the things that he said. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that case is still awaiting trial. It should go to trial later later this year. The family is seeking a million dollars in damages. The families are seeking a million dollars in damages. Um, a separate suit by a, uh, a, a father of one of the Sandy Hook kids was awarded $100,000 in damages in Texas mm-hmm. um, before the trial could even begin alex jones was found in contempt of court (laughs) so it was just like judgment in you know the favor of the plaintiff yeah by default um also like i said alex jones when i said his media empire is imploded i mean he has lost social media access all over the internet it started with youtube right youtube was one of the first ones where first they had um pulled down one of his videos or whatever, you know, on, um, you basically flagged it until he could you know, resolve something in there. I don't know. That's, I can't remember what it was, but it was flagged and <clears throat> went down for a bit. But, um, the following month after that, he completely lost access to the YouTube platform, Facebook, Apple, Spotify, Vimeo, Pinterest, MailChimp, LinkedIn. <laughs> nice. The next month, Periscope, Twitter, PayPal. <laughs> um, Somehow he held on until January of 2019 onto Roku. <laughs> it's so funny. Like Roku was the one he was able to hold out for. Like Roku were the ones who were like, oh, guys. It's like, we don't got a lot going on over here. Um, but in January of 2019, they pulled him down off Roku. Um, so basically, the real update with Alex Jones is that he lost all those different channels. But he still has his own website. Mm-hmm. I looked into the statistics on it because I was curious whether it's getting views. Um, ten million visits a month. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, it's way more than I that I'm comfortable with, but it's you know. I imagine hardcore followers of his would have no problem going straight to the source of information. Right. The thing I think is good is that it's been, because he's no longer in YouTube mm-hmm. and some of these other video sites where there's a recommendation engine. Right. He doesn't basically draw people by default. He isn't, he isn't introduced to new people. One of the like ways that people find themselves getting further and further essentially radicalized is by the recommendation engines of the internet that mm-hmm. say, if you like this, you'll probably like this, you'll probably like this a little bit more. And th- those things are more and more extreme as you go mm-hmm. down the line. So... If there's any good news, it's that if you're going to Alex Jones to watch Alex Jones, you really have to, like, go to Alex Jones's website. Yeah. You can't just trip over a rock, wake up, and <laughs> there's Alex Jones. It's <laughs> a weird way to put it. But... That's how it happened for me. Yeah. Uh, so that's that. Alex Jones. All right. Um, I think the next one is episode five, and that's you. Yes. Um, episode five was CRISPR. Oh yeah. Um, if you you all recall, CRISPR is um, basically it's like the a virus's form of antibodies, mm-hmm. where it, it's like a little DNA code that they they can clip 
from elder viruses or whatnot and insert into their own. Mm -hmm. And scientists discovered that they can use this idea to, they could do that in real time. They could do that in vitro and kind of modify genes and take out a a gene that could be potentially harmful, potentially harmful that we know like is responsible for a specific kind of cancer and insert a healthy gene in there instead and things like that. So this is a really small update, but just wanted to say that in July 2019, uh, doctors in Tennessee did use CRISPR to experimentally treat a sickle cell patient. Mm -hmm. So they're starting to actually use it to treat people. I was not able to find out like how that went, but there's, and that might be like a long-term thing, but like they're starting to try. Yeah. So that's like really big. I think there's a number of therapies they're like testing out that have to do with CRISPR. Yeah. I I don't know if any of them are actually reaching human beings other than that one. Yeah. But I think there's a lot of different approaches, right? Yep. CRISPR famously referred to as genetic scissors. Yeah, it's basically what it is. Yeah. Um it it's so potentially helpful because it specifically targets the exact gene mm-hmm. that you want to target. And for things like sickle cell that you know are linked to a specific gene, mm-hmm. it it's really great. Obviously, it's not good for, like, all cancers or, you know, other problems that are not genetic. Yeah. But there's a lot of really bad shit that is. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, right. if we can isolate, do the genetic research and isolate what gene or genes are responsible and make a healthy substitution, that's mm-hmm. awesome. So we'll see down the line. We'll do another episode next year. Another update. You know, I'm always so confused when I try to imagine what this stuff actually looks like. Like trying to just really picture what's happening with a genome as it like, you know, some protein cuts this genome and then adds this sequence over here. Like, I don't get it. I have like a visual representation in my head, but I think that's from like, watching videos and and taking a lot of science classes about genetics and stuff. Maybe. So I just like have little weird visual, cartoony visual representations of what's happening. That's the thing. It's like, I I wish I could just understand what's actually happening. Yeah. I get it conceptually, but like there's no picture. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't think I have an accurate picture, but I have little cartoony representations of what's happening. <laughs> Is it that Mr. Helix guy from Jurassic Park? Going, no. Bingo! Dino <laughs> DNA! It's not, but that would be great. Right. Well, that's kind of what I'm picturing. So the next one I have is episode 15. Yeah, I have Can episode have 14. before that? Yes. Uh, so episode 14 was the Tom DeLonge and the Aliens episode. <sighs> yes. Man, how weird uh, that a whole two years ago, over two years ago, we were being promised spaceships. And you know what? No spaceships yet. Mm-hmm. What's going on, Tom? I mean, he's got, he's talked to the guy. Mm-hmm. They chose him because he's, you know, the mouthpiece to talk to the young hip people. Yeah, he's in with the kids. Yeah, right. Who so are now in their 30s. So what's going on, Tom DeLong? Uh His website for To The Stars Academy, which I remember looking at, in 2017 it looks a lot different now yeah back then like i said there was this big prominent claim they were gonna build a spaceship mm-hmm. and they didn't really give a whole lot of explanation as to how or what you know or, or even why or, or even why <laughs> although the why yeah i get it yeah um, yeah the why is 
Amlians. And they would <laughs> and they would mention a handful of like people who had held government jobs or whatever, like research jobs, but they the list was not anyone particularly noteworthy, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, but this list has grown. The site has grown. The claims have grown. Um, his list of partners is much bigger. Um, <laughs> Great. Despite the fact that um, I have not seen any of any material produced by them reach, you know, like the big networks or whatever, he has partners with A and E, TBS, the History Channel, and a couple other big names. Mm-hmm. That like. I feel like he was supposed to do a show at some point. Well, that's it, because there's the media side. It's so weird. (laughs) They have, like, a media side, a a research side, and an engineering side or something. Mm -hmm. And that's the idea. There's all these parts of the company. And I I don't really understand why they have to go together. Uh, I don't really understand why the science company has to also be an entertainment company, except that it's kind of BS-y. You know what I mean? So uh, I'll tell you one thing. They're building an app. Uh, What will it do? The app is designed for you to capture alien phenomena with your smartphone. Yes. And then to be analyzed with AI? Shrug. (laughs) (laughs) In order to learn about alien technology. Okay. So they have an AI guy in the company now. Mm. And he's whatever. They have catchy names for these things, which I didn't write down. It's like this... AI module will take in stuff that you send, you know, over your pictures and video from your smartphone. And then using AI, it will figure out what it is somehow. <laughs> okay. It doesn't make any sense. I just wrote weird. Um, <laughs> they've also adjusted their messaging a lot. Um, and the spaceship stuff, which I think they realized sounded exactly like science fiction. Mm-hmm. They kind of like downplay that now. So it's like, Maybe someday we'll build a spaceship. I mean, it's still called To the Stars. Yeah. But now they're focusing on developing new technology is what they call it. So, you know, that that sounds less like bullshit. That just sounds like inventing, you know. Yeah. Um, But it's basically the same goal. They're just trying to message it a little differently. And I think that's... It's all about marketing. Yes, it is. And the big reason for that, by the way, I think is that they're selling shares in the company, which I don't know that they were doing before. So they now have an official briefing with the SEC. I looked it up. Um, they they basically have this huge warning on the website about how these are common shares, which is in quotes. I'm not exactly sure what that term means, but I believe my guess is it's a riskier investment or it's, you know, it's sort of, it's it's different. They say the... This investment is suitable only for persons who can afford to lose their entire investment, which is not something that every company is required to say. Right, in which most people having read that would be like, all right, I'm out. Like, that's not why you invest in something. Right. Typically. I mean, there are two reasons to invest. If you believe in it and if, like, you're, you're hoping it's a sure enough bet to make you some money. Yeah. And I think most people who invest... Or, and and sometimes, you know, a combination of the two. Mm-hmm. But most people who invest are really hoping for the former. I mean, it's true that you should never invest money you can't afford to lose. Right. That's true. Right. But not every company has to spray their website with this big warning, like, hey, just so you Expect know, you can lose, lose all your of your money. money. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I'm willing to bet they were legally required to put that there. But like I said, I don't fully understand the particulars. It so. doesn't seem like something you would voluntarily put on your site. No, if other, you could avoid it. I don't know. I don't think other people have to do that. Um, uh, just one more thing on this. They uh, have introduced no new tech at all in the last two years, in mm -hmm. case you were wondering, other than an app that takes pictures. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I'm very skeptical that there's any actual AI component there. Yeah. Um, only in the loosest possible terms, probably. Mm -hmm. um, in June of 2018, when they filed <clears throat> their regular update with the SEC, they're like, they sort of are required to post financials every so often. June 2018, they were operating at a deficit of $37 million. Mm. Wow. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, that is a very lot. Like, how are you down operating <laughs> at a deficit of $37 million? And how are you still operating? I don't know. I don't know what that even... I can't wrap my head around it. I just... That's insane. I just can't possibly imagine mm -hmm. it. Costs a lot of money to build a UFO. <laughs> I guess so. So anyway, that's it. Well, no, I guess it would be a spaceship because it's identified. Oh, it's a, yeah, it's an IFO. It's yes. an identified flight. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that's that's mostly it with him. Nothing new. <laughs> Spent a lot of money. Just billions of dollars in a deficit for no reason. Yeah. So episode 15 yeah, is a me. doozy. Oh no, what's episode 15? N-X-I-V-N. Oh, Nexium. Okay, that was a, uh, first of all, not only was that a, an episode that I thought was just kind of mind-blowing in itself, but mm -hmm. it's also still getting listens. Oh, nice. For some reason, that episode has more traffic to it than anything else we've ever done. We still get regularly multiple listens a week. I think culty stuff tends to draw a lot of people. Yeah, I think that's true. But that um, one in particular. And when we started <clears throat> posting that, when we did that episode, it was an article was just released about someone who had been in Nexium mm -hmm. and her experience. And then another podcast had just been done about the whole thing. Um, so it was right when like things were really heating up mm -hmm. Like there had been allegations about them for years, um, and about the leader, Keith Raniere Ren for a very Rainier. long time. Rainier? Yeah. yeah. All right. Or at least that's how we were saying it. All right. I can't remember. All right. Um, so there were allegations about them for a long time, but then people who had been in it started coming out and saying, and this was my experience with it. And it was worse than anyone could imagine that it would be. Yeah. What, so um, so a little recap on them. Weren't they basically <laughs> like essentially like a self-help group cult? Yes. That was the, the larger blanket of mm -hmm. Nexium was the kind of self-help groupy cult. We'll sell you these classes mm -hmm. and help you fix your problems. Mm -hmm. Um, but then there was an extra level. It was like the top tier people, uh, were in a secret kind of sex cult yeah. called DOS, uh, um, yeah. in which it, it basically was like sex trafficking yeah. kind of shit. Uh, people were forced to sort of like be... Keith Rainier slaves people and were, like, like being physically they were being branded, branded and... Yes, lots of bad shit. 
Um, which is why, why I said like there were lots of lots of accusations for a long time, but it was like bizarre. Yeah. And one of those things that you go, that doesn't sound like <laughs> anyone would possibly do that, but yeah, it right. it very much happened. Yep. And um, so to give an update on what happened after we did our episode, um, Keith and Allison Mack, who was uh, largely identified as his number two, mm-hmm. she was also in the show Smallville. Okay. As you'll recall, um, they were arrested on multiple charges, including sef- tra- sex trafficking, uh, sex trafficking conspiracy, and conspiracy to commit forced labor. Um, Keith was arrested in Mexico and held in custody in New York after a federal trial in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, they both face a minimum of 15 years to life. Um, wow. Their sentencing is pending. Um, Nancy Salzman was a co-founder and I believe she, she, I think she was the one who was, uh, his baby mama. Okay. But her home was raided after his arrest. In late May, 2018, authorities moved to seize two Nexium properties near Albany. Um, April, 2018, Nexium moved to Brooklyn led by Claire Bronfman, who was one of the like upper level people. Okay. Uh, members. It's in April 2018? Yeah. Okay, so he's already <laughs> been arrested and charged, and they're moving They're trying around. to keep the, the organization afloat. Gotcha. Uh, June 2018, Times Union reported Nexium suspended operations. Bronfman was arrested July 24th and charged with racketeering, along with Nancy Saltzman and her daughter Lauren Saltzman and another Nexium employee, Kathy Russell. Um, who was later charged with things like visa fraud. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't have all the details on it, but I feel like at, at some point they had kind of gone to Mexico. I think they were trying to like bring people over from Mexico and stuff mm-hmm. or get people to Mexico to try to escape. kind of feel like yeah. somewhere in the middle of the Mexican desert is a way better place for yeah. all this. And that's where he was arrested, so yeah. that makes sense. Um, so March 13th of 2019, Nancy Salzman pled guilty. So did Lauren Saltzman. Uh, so did Bronfman. Her charges were harboring an alien and identity fraud. Mm-hmm. Um, Rainier, I feel like it's Ranieri. I don't know how to pronounce it, but his federal trial began May 7th, 2019, and he was convicted June 19th, 2019, and he is now awaited sentencing. So it's important to note he did not plead guilty. He pled not guilty. Uh-huh. Um, basically everybody else just pled guilty. <laughs> right. Um, the thing is he can't plead guilty. Right. The cult leader can't plead guilty. Yeah. <laughs> like it just, the charade can never end. Yeah. So January, 2020, it's the beginning of this year. Federal lawsuit was filed in New York, accusing him and 14 associates of conducting illegal psychological, this is another lawsuit, Mm -hmm. illegal psychological experiments on members of the company and abusing them physically, emotionally, and financially. Wow. So that's pending also. So that's where we're at with Nexium. He's going to be facing time. We just don't know. At least 15 years, we just don't know how much. By the time he gets out, it'll be... An old, an old man, right? I mean, he's he's probably like fi- at least fifty, at least in his fifties. Yeah, I mean, like I figure he'd be you like won't... sixty-five. Yeah, he won't be out before his mid-sixties. Yeah, but I would hope that he'd get a lot more than fifteen years. Well, it didn't sound like you, you said they were facing up fifteen to... years to life. Oh, fifteen. To... Fifteen oh, years minimum whoa. up to life. Okay. So there, that's a broad range. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> 
God, that's great. I mean, I can't imagine him getting life for it, but like 20 years, 25. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, What's, that guy's a monster. Yeah. Cult leaders, man. <laughs> man, what can you man, do? What are you going to do with them? <laughs> can't live with them. Uh, Should live without them. <laughs> I mean, lots of people live with them, but then those people get like, you know, tortured and shit. So yeah. don't live with them. What's your next episode? Actually, no, yours is next. Yours is 17. Okay. I didn't know who's next. Mm-hmm. So my next one is Dr. Oz. <sighs> I hear he's been like forging an unholy alliance with well, like, Donald that's Trump. That's what the right article's now. called. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. We talked about the title of that. Yeah. So in 2018, Trump appointed Oz athletes and Lou Ferrigno to his council on sports, fitness and nutrition. Wait, Lou Ferrigno is on a that's just so Trump can meet yeah. Lou Ferrigno. Well, Trump was criticized as choosing pundits over experts. Mm. Um, April 8th, 2020, an article in The New York Times called The Unholy Alliance of Trump and Dr. Oz, written by Frank Bruni. Um says that Trump had been getting advice about the pandemic from Dr. Oz, um, and he describes it as a match made in ratings-obsessed heaven. Oh, God. Uh, so Dr. Oz, it's Im- important to remind people that he's not a, he is a doctor. He's a surgeon, a cardiothoracic yeah, surgeon. Like a very good heart surgeon. He's not a virologist. Um, or a nutritionist. It, yeah, and his area of expertise is not super relevant to the virus. Um, yeah. Although there are some people thinking that it's going after people's hearts too, which is scary, but yes, but like, uh, we don't know that for sure yet. So, right. And he's, he's a heart surgeon. His expertise would come like kind of after it has affected people. Yeah. Not necessarily as a preventative. preventative. Right. So his, his real specialty, according to Bernie, who wrote the article, his, I'm quoted him a couple times because it's well-written and his quotes are spot on. He's a good writer. Yeah. He's been doing it for so long. Mm. His real specialty is using medicine as a means to maximize public exposure. He wasn't about to let this dark chapter go to waste. Mm. Um, so multiple, he Dr. Ross has had multiple appearances on Fox News. Mm. Uh, promotes the anti-malarial drug hydroxychloroquine, which is something we're seeing a lot from Trump yeah. and his supporters. Mm-hmm. And just to put out there, this drives me nuts, but hydroxychloroquine mm-hmm. is a drug with a lot of very severe side effects. Mm-hmm. Um, before it was suggested being used for as a potential treatment mm-hmm. for people with COVID nineteen, it was already in short supply and on back order. Yeah, it's an anti-malarial, or I think it's it's basically oh, it's, an antiviral. It is an anti-malarial it fights, drug. It fights lupus, I believe. Yeah, it, it's used for a couple different. Um, very severe illnesses, mm-hmm. and it's already in short supply. Yeah, and that's, so, that's the on-label usage. Yes, and so when we think about using a drug like this, normally when we would use a drug, it undergoes a lot of clinical testing before we mm-hmm. use it for a specific purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and this COVID-19 is obviously an off-label purpose, mm-hmm. so there's no clinical trials. We don't know how effective it really is. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that it necessarily, we should not try it, right. but we have to consider the fact that 
we don't want to take it away from the people who it actually works for their specific illness. Yeah. When it's already in short supply and mm-hmm. also the side effects are very, very severe mm-hmm. and not to be scoffed. So it's kind of being overlooked by people who those things are overlooked and swept under the rug by the people who are saying this is a done deal, like this should be used. Well, you're not considering all the other parts mm-hmm. of that. It's not to say that it shouldn't be tried, but we should think about the fact of all those other things at the same time. An analogy might be that let's say that there was a type of cancer <clears throat> that was, you know, possibly treated by some very unrelated like HIV drug or something like that. But that mm-hmm. drug had the potential to kill like 10% of the people that take it. Is it ethical for us to just let everyone throw that very dangerous drug at this problem? Yeah. Or should we do more research and or, figure out? Yeah, should we know for certain that it's having an effect curing this this disease? Yeah, just, it, it, it's a tough situ- situation we're in right now. Mm-hmm. But we should maybe, you know, not come at things so one-sided and consider, mm-hmm. consider the consequences. Yeah, right. Which is not a thing that Dr. Oz tends to do. Again, also the consequences for people that like already have an illness that they that need requires the medication. For. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. So he promotes uh, hydroxychloroquine as a potential wonder drug, basically, and of course this piqued the president's interest. But he um, says everything. He says beans are wonder drugs. Right. And the jury is. Uh, uh, this is what I wrote down, and I basically already said it. But the jury is still out on this treatment for COVID nineteen. Mm-hmm. So that that's Dr. Oz. He's once again doing so many great things for us. It just it drives me insane that right now in the middle of all this, the people who are thriving are the fucking charlatans. Mm-hmm. Like, why does it have to be like that? It has, I guess it has to be like that because people are scared and they'll gravitate because, towards anyone who says there's a magic bullet. And because the people who are willing to take advantage of people in a time like this and are willing to make blanket statements and shout loudly and make hard claims about things that we don't know that much about mm-hmm. are the people who are the charlatans. Here's the other thing. Dr. Oz can scream about this being a treatment, and if he's wrong, everyone forgets. Mm-hmm, because he says so many things. But if he, he gets one thing right, he'll never let anyone forget it. Oh, what's that called? It's confirmation bias. Yeah. And so there's very little risk... Trump does, you Trump you does, remember the hits, you forget the misses. Trump does the same thing all the time. He'll say anything, mm-hmm. and then when and something often ended he, up... he chooses two different sides of the same coin. Right, so that he can later go back and say, I knew this all along. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm getting... my. I can feel my blood pressure going up. <laughs> Let's not do that. Let's change gears and move on to the next one. Uh, right. I have an update on episode 26. What uh, was that? That was The House Watcher. Oh, yes. I'm yeah. looking forward to this update. This is, it's not a huge update, but it's very can, interesting. Can you remind us of what the House Watcher yeah, was? Yeah, I kind of want us to do that as we do these, because I'm realizing, like, there's a chance someone might be listening right now, and they didn't listen to the very first episode or second episode. Well, yet. that's their fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should really listen is. to our entire 100 episode, <clears throat> now 100 episode yeah, catalog. You know, listen it's to... It's not that much to ask. Listen to all 200 hours of it, and then come talk to me. <laughs> um, all right, so The House Watcher was an episode we did February 21st of 2018. Uh, the House Watcher was 
the story of the the Brodus 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 family. Brodus. Bro, <laughs> I'm gonna say Brodus. The Brodus family. Uh, they um. In 2014, they acquired their dream home mm-hmm. in I'm now, Westfield, New Jersey. I'm now starting to remember. Okay, so this family, they buy this house, but at the time we were ta- had covered it, they still had not moved in. Mm-hmm. And the reason is that they kept getting these creepy letters mm-hmm, from mm-hmm. someone who called himself the Watcher. Um, he talked about watching the family in and out of the house and how the house needed new blood and how his father had watched the house mm-hmm. before and his father's father before him. And now it was his turn to watch the house. And uh, I hope you've brought new blood because the house needs new blood. And really creepy shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, lots of letters. Um, here's a, a direct quote from the letters just because it's the writing is so weird. Do you need to fill the house with the young blood I requested? Better for me. Was your old house too small for the growing family? Or was it greed to bring me your children? Once I know their names, I will call to them and draw them to me. Ugh. Yeah. Really freaky. He talked about being in the walls of the house and, like, watch them go around the house. Like, just the thought of it is so damn spooky. Yeah, it gives me chills. Um, So creepy. So we still do not understandable know. that they did not move in after <laughs> right. receiving these, and it really sucks for them that it, it did not start until after they paid the money for the or they started. <laughs> they got paying the for mortgage the for the house, yeah, yeah. or whatever. How maybe they didn't have a mortgage? I don't know. But, but what uh, probably, but yeah. well, you know, whatever. After they'd signed their names to the yes. contract, <laughs> so they got this house. Um, we never find out who wrote those letters. We still okay. don't really know. Although there were at the time, we had some suspicions. There were some like possible. Uh, uh, targets and I think there was even when we did the episode the thought that it could have even been themselves or something like that. There's like mm-hmm. conspiracies around the thing. I don't think there was ever a definitive answer as to who it was, and there still isn't. However, uh, the update is that in July of 2019, so that's like a whole year and a half after we did the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, the update was that the family sold the house. They sold it. They got okay. they got rid of it at a four hundred thousand dollar loss. Oof. Um, they bought it for around one point three million, and they sold it at basically around uh, nine hundred thousand. Mm. I wrote nine million. That's <laughs> not accurate. So this is <laughs> this has got to be even for New Jersey. Like it's got to be a really nice neighborhood, right? I don't know. I mean, the thing is, they bought it for a million. They bought it for one point three million. But the thing is, you know. Depending on where you are in New Jersey, you're practically in New York, and you know location is everything. It doesn't even have to be a freaking yeah. But crazy if you house. can afford a mortgage on a 1.3 million dollar house, yeah, you you've in New Jersey. <laughs> they're loaded, is what you're saying. You've got some money. Oh yeah, they're loaded. So, well, but here's the thing: is that also kind of messes up for me the theory of that, like maybe it was them. Right, why would you do that so you have to take a loss? That doesn't make sense to me. Except that maybe they thought that it would be like an Amityville horror situation where all of a sudden the house is like significance and like people, someone will really want it. No one wants that shit. No one wanted the Amityville horror house. (laughs) I know, but some, you know, ghost (laughs) hunter might want to buy it. It's not until someone writes a story about it and and like makes a movie of it that it becomes a thing. And even then, people don't want to live there. They might want to visit, but they don't want to stay. Right, exactly. People might want to tour, but they they're going to be like if, looking if over If that their was shoulder. the case, it was a bad idea. Yes, and I, exactly. I highly doubt that that was the case. I agree. I don't think that this was them. I don't yeah. know who it was. Someone had a real interest in <laughs> getting that house. Yeah. 
Um, here's another update to the story, though. They've also sold the rights to their story. Ooh, so maybe there will be a movie about it. There was a... Oh, it still could be them. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so the a bidding war broke out between a bunch of studios, but, but basically the important thing is Netflix won. Okay. So you could probably expect to see a Netflix series or, uh, you know, like a, something like this uh, sometime in the future, like something from Netflix. The way Netflix goes, I kind of expect a documentary. It could be. Um, the thing is, I don't know how much there is to talk about for a documentary. It's a lot of letters. Yeah. I don't think there's that much else. I don't know either. Um, I, I, wrote I know, they've made a lot of documentaries about things of an unexpected documentary. Yeah, about that's true. That have been very good. <laughs> they no did, one expected Tiger King. Yeah, Tiger King <laughs> out of nowhere. Yeah, that's and true. And what a glorious shit show that was. But the thing so. is, if you knew anything about that, you would know that there was at least right. a six-part series in that bad boy. Yeah. Um. So anyway, yeah, that's that. You can probably expect to see <laughs> something about that in the near future. Coo, 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 coo. Yeah, I'm interested in whatever comes of that. So that means now it's to you, episode 29, right? Yes. So episode 29 was on Starlight. Oh, um, shit, Starlight. Yes. So when we did the episode back then, there was a website I found. It was like, I don't even remember what it was, Starlight something or other. Mm-hmm. Um, I could not find it again. And oh, it was really? definitely like someone trying to be scammy. And I made all kinds of claims about the fact that he knew the he he knew the guy who created Starlight and mm-hmm. had worked with him closely and blah blah blah. Yeah. Um so I can't find that website. So if it still exists, it's just buried in the search results. Mm-hmm. Because it's probably like, you know, people are like, Okay, it's a scam. Well Google not real. Google finds it spammy whether it is or not. Right. So, um, there is another, another company called Thermashield. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen them. They claim that in 2013, they, they acquired the recipe for Starlight, um, and that it passed ASTM testing and high-powered laser tests at a renowned U.S. Institute of Technology. That's how they put it on their website, okay. that it was a renowned U.S. Institute of Technology, which is a little... <laughs> Vague? It rings some bells, right? It's yeah. like it's like okay, well, well like if it's us. so renowned, just tell us where it's from. <laughs> but they don't want you to be able to verify that claim, right? Um, uh, some of the language is very similar to the other scammy oh, site. Okay. Like, um, we've heard of these guys. Though. We befriended. There are other products called Thermashield. I don't know if they're the. I don't think they're the same company. Okay. Um, there's like lots of different things. Yeah, I've seen like. <laughs> People dunking their hand in goo and then, like, hitting their hand with a blowtorch. Well, that that would probably be this. Yeah. Um, but some of the language is reminiscent of that other website about, like, how they had befriended, you know, the, I forget the guy's name. Yeah, I Marlin or something. But they had befriended him and and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, it feels like another scammy thing. Yeah. Um. So, and, and that's, that's at thermoshield.com if you want to look at that. I do. Um, <laughs> the biggest update I have is that there are now several people discussing homemade recipes for Starlight um, that seem to have the same response to heat that Starlight does. Oh, really? And Homemade? <laughs> yes. Well, 
so if you remember, the guy who came up with Starlight, he was a hairdresser. Oh, yeah. And it seems like the things he used to make Starlight, they kind of have to be things that were accessible to him. Yeah. I mean, he's probably not getting his hands on, like, weird chemicals most people can't get. Yeah, right. It's not, like, some, like, secret science shit. Like, this is stuff you can find. It's been suspected that it was, like, household products that almost anyone could combine. Mm -hmm. Um... So there is a video on YouTube called Nighthawk in Light. Well, the user's name is Nighthawk in Light. Yeah. About his experiments um, of combining different things and, and seeing their effects. And it seems pretty promising. Okay. Um, the consensus is that it's a combination of cornstarch, baking soda, and Elmer's PVA glue, which is basically the same as the slime recipe that's been really big for the past couple years. Do you remember seeing anything about this people make this slime to play with and it's Mm. elmer's pva glue baking soda and cornstarch and it has a really weird consistency i think it might be a non-newtonian fluid oh right um but you can is it gack no gack was back when we were younger yeah that was like something you could buy and i think there were some recipes for it i'm just saying is it basically the same stuff as gack it's similar it's it's like a gooey substance there's always videos of people smushing their hands into it online. Man, I want to buy some gag. <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah, ba- basically there's like a bunch of... the. I found a website that was like... It was an experiment, a science experiment you could do in class or have students do at home. Meant more for like high schoolers since you'd be applying heat to it. Uh-huh. But it was like giving this recipe of like make your own starlight. And and like. Really? Yeah. It, it was like this. And it gave a little bit of the history of starlight and what it was. And like the, that this is a potential recipe for it. And this is an experiment you could do to discuss thermal exchange and things like that. Okay. But it was like an educational website. Um. And and I think that's where I saw Nighthawk and Light. They they said like he's one of the people talking about it. Mm-hmm. There's another website from like a I feel like it was a college engineering class and they were looking into Starlight and what it could be and okay. how they can make it and how they could use it and things like that. So it there's like a resurgence and this is all recent within <laughs> the past like year. So there's a resurgence of people being like, Oh no, yeah, like what was that stuff and what can we do with it? Yeah. And it's funny, like if it's so something so simple as cornstarch baking soda and Elmer's PVA glue. Right. I, I mean there could be applications for that and it's so available. I feel like once you can buy things again, <laughs> I would love to try this. Yeah, we can do it. And then, of course, if you'll hold the acetylene <laughs> torch to my hand, you know, then we can test if it actually Or we works. could just put it on an egg like mm. most people do. Egg? Yeah, they coat an egg in it and Is then they apply doing? the flame to it to see how it holds up. But then you have to crack the egg to find out if it worked, right? Yeah. Well. I, I mean, you could <laughs> kind of see the outside effect of like. Oh, like whether the egg got charred. Yeah, of like, or, or the material got charred or like that. But yeah. then you crack the egg to see if it got cooked on the inside. That is so, God, what a, I just, I can't believe it could be something so easy to make. Yeah. Really. There might be other stuff in it, but it seems, from what I've seen, yeah, it seems like those three ingredients do a pretty good job of impersonating Starlight and its wow. effect. So, yeah, interesting. Fascinating. Yep, yep, yep. 
So, my next one is a real quick update. Is that ep- the 31? Episode 31? Yes, Sweet. which was a Circleville letter writer. Oh, yeah. Um, it's, I don't want anyone to get too excited. We still don't <laughs> know 100% who it was, but so there was an article that came out um, February 26th of this year, and it's called The Poison Pen, Who Wrote the Circleville Letters? Um by the True Crime Times, which is uh, a, a person named Julie Fiddler. So it seems like she looks into like these kind of unsolved things. Mm-hmm. It was essentially, it, it wasn't a whole lot of info we didn't already talk about, okay. but it was a really good article about everything and about some possible theories. Um, okay. One being that it was it was possibly multiple people. Um, the person who was charged with it was eventually um, paroled. Oh, really? And what? we, I think we knew about that at the time, and he has long said that he uh, was innocent. Wasn't it a bus driver or something no. was arrested? One of the person who, one of the people who letters were written about was a bus driver. Oh, yeah, 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 right. Um, there was a principal involved. Yes. That's a wild episode. People should listen to that. The, <laughs> yeah, right. the gist of the episode is in the town of Circleville, Ohio. It's not far from Columbus. Um, people in the small town of Circleville started getting letters. Uh, it started with this woman um, basically saying that, accusing her of having an affair with, uh, I don't think it was a principal. I think it was someone higher up like, like in a the superintendent like a superintendent i think okay um and then she hid it from her husband and then her husband started getting letters about it mm-hmm. and then they accused someone else of it which is, i think is the person who eventually ended up going to jail for it mm-hmm. um and then a bunch of things happened the husband ended up dying in a car accident oh, he yeah. had he was not known to be a drinker. He was basically a teetotaler, but he had uh, alcohol in his system at the time, mm-hmm. and he had recently fired a gun. Yeah. Um, and no one knows what that situation was because yeah. um, no one was around when it happened. Um, and it happened, like, not long after he left the house, so there's a lot of mystery about that. That's still unsolved. Yeah. Um, so that happened. Uh, the wife was a bus driver, Signs started going up around town about her daughter and things. Um, There was a person standing next to the sign who had like sandy blonde hair. The person accused of the crimes did not, he did not have sandy blonde hair. He did not, you know, fit that description. There's just like lots of things that didn't make sense. Yeah. And I would read her theories, basically. that They're not her theories, but the theories she found. But essentially, like, it might have originally been one person, and then, and then someone, someone else, else picked, up. picked up after that. That's very interesting. And, but the letters were coming from Columbus. Even when the first person was arrested for it, the letters kept coming. Yeah. No one could figure out how he would have done it. When he first went up for parole the first time, it got denied because they're like, well, you're still sending the letters. Even though the warden was like, there is literally no way he could be sending the letters. I have him on lockdown. They put him in isolation at one point with no access to pen or paper or any way to mail things. Yeah. Um, So 
it, it basically not any new information, but if you're looking for more theories or like a really concise article to read about it, it was a really good article and it was written recently. So okay. presumably has the most up-to-date information there could be. It was, um, it was on Medium, but it was the poison pen who wrote the Circleville letters. Oh, okay. But, so yeah, that's that one. That's, yeah, that's all. That's cool. Just a recent article. Um, I forget what my next one is, so hold on. Um, Mine is episode 35. Oh, actually, so episode 32, this is the Titanic Sinclair Poppy Mars oh, Argo yes, yes, episode. Yes, yes. Um, another one that's not a huge update, but kind of, I guess, kind of significant. So, um, so <laughs> if anyone hadn't listened to that episode, the that episode was about this strange YouTube, uh, persona a mm-hmm. pop singer named poppy mm-hmm. that god it was so creepy it was just like these videos of poppy this this young blonde girl who like has almost baby doll-esque kind of baby doll thing and like they're like one of her videos was just like an entire minute of her saying i'm poppy i'm poppy i'm poppy i'm poppy wasn't there something like why can't you hear me uh yeah or, she would can say they the, hear me or she, something would, like that. she would say stuff like that and then there was another video uh, called Why Won't They Listen? Oh, that's what it was. Why Won't They Listen? Why Won't They Listen? It was just like all these really strange... Uh, like It was. It definitely felt like an art project. Yeah, it, but then it, she also made music, and some of it's actually catchy. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, so Poppy felt like a commentary on pop culture and art culture and all that stuff, but also like a legitimate music, you know... Uh, you know project. Le- a legitimate music project as well. We, uh... We dug into the thing and we found that Poppy was uh, partnered with a producer named Titanic Sinclair. That's not his real name. I forget his actual name. But uh, he so he had previously worked with a different artist whose name was Mars Argo. Mm -hmm. And then they had this big acrimonious split. And then he started working with Poppy. And then it seemed like Poppy was like his new sort of strange outfit. And the, the, the question was really like just I think at the time it was like how much of this is. How much of this is character? How much of this is like what exactly is all this? You know. Yes, and, and also, I think that was our original question of like, what the fuck is this? Mm-hmm. There was also like allegations of some wrongdoing going around <laughs> that yes. that I, Titanic Sinclair had been abusive, right? His, and controlling, his, and his, yeah, and also I, I think the idea that like, yes, this is a character, mm-hmm. and Mars Argo was the original version, uh-huh. and whose idea was this? Who has ownership of this idea? Yeah. Was it strictly him or mm-hmm. the person who was basically playing the role of Mars Argo? Yeah. And and is he doing some wrongdoing by just kind of when things ended mm-hmm. between them, passing this character off to someone else? Right. How wronged was she in that process? And and I think that is where a lawsuit comes in. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Uh, so basically... Six days after we did that episode, <laughs> six days later, uh, Mars Argo sued Titanic Sinclair in court. Uh, Again, I wish I could remember the his world. Actual... We're real on the pulse. I wish I remembered his actual name. It's annoying to me. But yes, Goose Chase saved the world because after we put that episode <laughs> out there, o- only six days after we published <laughs> that episode, the wheels of justice began to turn, baby. That one, the timing is really funny to me because I don't feel like there was... A lot of times there's a big inciting incident that gets me in 
into a topic. Like, obviously, Nexium articles were coming out, so I'm like, this is something appropriate to discuss. But, like... There wasn't anything going on six days before this dropped. It wasn't like I saw a bunch of drama about it. I just started seeing videos about Poppy and was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, what the fuck is Poppy? (laughs) Um, So, yeah, we... The, the the lawsuit uh, officially alleged that the entire Poppy persona was based on the Mars Argo persona or character, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, that Titanic Sinclair emotionally and physically abused her during the time of their creative separation. So basically, there's a lot there. Yeah. Um, they, the next month, Poppy responded to these claims, mm-hmm. calling the suit frivolous. Frivolous. <laughs> But yes, there were lots of fribbles involved. Mm. Uh, very frivolous. Um, no, yeah, it was uh, <laughs> frivolous, frivolous. She uh, she said it was a desperate grab for fame and all those things that people say. You yeah. Know? Um, and uh, the case was ultimately settled out of court. Mm-hmm. Uh, no money changed hands. Apparently, mm. there was no. But but interesting. Mars Argo did receive all the rights to the Mars Argo character name persona, whatever. You but call it has it. not stopped Poppy from being Poppy. Well. Yes, Poppy's still doing Poppy, I guess, you know, uh, until December 29th. Uh, mm-hmm. the, not that Poppy's not still Poppy, but something changed. So uh, December 29th, 2019, Poppy released a statement on Twitter about parting ways with her creative partner oh. without without referring to him by name. But mm-hmm. everyone knew she was talking about right. Sinclair. Um, she also included... Uh, some vague allegations of abuse. Uh, she said that at one point he had alleged, or she he had threatened to hang himself with something of hers, and she wouldn't say what it was. Something, some personal belonging of hers. Mm-hmm. He threatened to hang himself, and she said that he would message fans about his attempts at suicide, mm. and that he basically glamorized suicide. Like that was his mo. He did hmm. that a lot, and actually. You know that music video for Trust Fund? Mm-hmm. Where he's, like, basically choking himself with a microphone cable? Yeah. It's like, I get it. I yeah. get I get that that was there for a long time. Like, yeah. And something about that dude, like, I don't know. Something about him did not feel right to me for, you know, since we discovered him. Right. Um, But that song's so fucking good. It is a really good song. But, but it's also making, it's also mean. It is it's, very it's, mean. It's me. It's a nasty, mean thing. To It's all pointed at Mars. Yeah. I, I, I can understand. Obviously, we don't know if allegations are true, but I would not be surprised if he is a person with a lot of unresolved issues and yeah. maybe not, a ha- he doesn't handle things in the most mature way, mm-hmm. judging from the fact that he made some very pointed videos about someone he worked with in the past. Yeah. That was very mean and petty. Yeah. I I don't know. I, I don't like him, to be honest. Um, I will say also that uh, the Poppy's post suggested that even as they were splitting up as creative partners, he was already moving on to former friends of hers to basically do the same thing to them. Yeah. Like, that's the way that this dude moves, right? It's just whoever's yeah. around to cap, you know, to, to just, like, capitalize on them and... U- utilize them. I don't know. He's he definitely has a a, a pattern now, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm, um, so I'm glad she managed to so, get away from this. So um, soon, let's <clears throat> expect a music video about Poppy from Titanic Sinclair. Yeah, you could you could probably expect that. Um, this will probably surprise you. Uh, you know that Hulu Into the Dark series? Mm-hmm. 
they did an episode that is almost definitely based on the events of this relationship. Really? Yeah, they did that it in February. That does surprise me, and I would like to watch that. I think Although, was, I've been disappointed by End of the Dark. End of the Dark has not been very good overall. There was one episode. We've only watched three episodes. Yeah. One episode was great. It was very good. I liked it. <laughs> Four out of five. We really downgraded that quickly, <laughs> but the episode pure was very good. Yeah. Four, um, I would say four out of five. The other two episodes tonally were just not what I expected. They just I just don't think they got they the... They were just like campier than I thought they were going to be. Yeah. And I... They don't got the talent. Yeah. I just didn't like them. But um, maybe this episode is good. I, I would like to watch it. I don't know. I don't Which know one if is it? I don't know if you're going to want to watch it. Oh, uh, really? It came out in February. Mm-hmm. I think it's called My Valentine or something like that. Okay. Um, the episode doesn't mention any of them by name, obviously, but it's like clearly based on the dynamics of those people. Like Mm -hmm. everything's present, you know, uh, a lot of people are really upset with the depiction. Okay. Uh, apparently because it depicts this whole thing as like a feud where I think that a lot of people would argue like someone abusing two separate people in the same way is not really a feud. It's like, like it's one dude fucking up both of those girls heads you know yeah um the uh, other people don't like it because once again mars argo's story is not hers it's someone else's and it's like how about going through that shit twice (laughs) well who was involved in the process of making that episode none of them none none of these three people were involved Okay. It was, you know, written and directed by whoever put it, you know, made it for Hulu, essentially. Okay, I was just curious if yeah. anyone had, any of the three had input into it. No. That's okay. the thing is, it's like written about these people from an outside perspective. None of them are involved, and people have some beef with the depiction. And, and I, I, and I yeah, guess, maybe I don't want to watch it. I am curious about it. I might end up watching it, but I don't know. I don't think I'm going to love it. Yeah, I don't really. <laughs> I, yeah. They, ga- they gave me, like, basically two out of three reasons to think I won't, so. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it's on to you uh, in episode 35. What do you got? Well, this is a doozy. Oh, so, really? A doozy? Episode 35 is Tony Robbins. Mm. So, May 2019, Ugh. one month after our episode, once again, saving the goddamn world. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so BuzzFeed came out with this series of articles. Mm-hmm. I, it, I think it has upwards of six parts to this series. Okay. Um, I, I did not look to see how many parts. I did not read all of the parts. Are all six about Tony? It's all about Tony Robbins. Okay. Um, the first article in this series is titled, Leaked Records Reveal Tony Robbins Berated Abuse Victims and Former Followers Accuse Him of Sexual Advances. So some pretty serious allegations. Um, Basically, they did a year-long investigation based on leaked recordings and internal documents and dozens of interviews with fans and insiders. Okay. Some of the accusations are that there are two former fans who then turned staff of his. It's a way that that happens a lot with people like Robbins, where, like, you kind of you become part of his inner circle because you attend all of his talks and you like love him. And then 
he's like, okay, like, well, you're always here and you believe in me and let's get you on board and sort what, of thing. What person in that position wouldn't want to be surrounded by exactly. fanatics? Yeah. And, and what person who looks up to someone wouldn't take the opportunity of being mm-hmm. in their inner circle? Yeah. Um, so two former fans turned staff uh, signed statements under oath that they felt Robin sexually harassed them, but by repeatedly pursuing them after they made clear they were not interested. Um, two more women who worked as his assistants said he expected them to work alone with him when he was naked in his hotel room or while he was in the shower. Um, another employee was fired after having a consens- consensual sexual relationship with him, which, you know, the relationship itself was consensual, but mm-hmm. who knows what happened in the aftermath of that. Yeah, like, that's, that's, that's retaliatory. It's, yeah, it's not a good look, mm-hmm. right. <laughs> if true. Um, so these accusations all took place between the 1990s and the early 2000s while his fame was skyrocketing before he married his second wife. Um, there were secret recordings and transcripts from his events, um, that featured expletive laden tirades, Mm -hmm. um, against rape and domestic violence survivors after encouraging them to share their stories in front of a large audience. Mm -hmm. These are things that would happen during his events, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, One is a quote of him saying, and and I'm sorry, this might be triggering to some people, Mm -hmm. um, so maybe skip ahead like 30 seconds or so, but she's fucking using all this stuff to try and control men about a woman who said she had been raped. Um... In 2018, there was a woman who said that she was, um, her husband had been physically violent and emotionally abusive, and Robbins accused her of lying and asked, does he put up with you when you've been a crazy bitch? And these are claims that a lot of women, that keep a lot of women from wanting to talk about their rape and abuse. This is exactly the kind of culture that keeps people quiet. Yes. That, how can that possibly and, and have from any the home things, in self-help? Right. And from the things we talked about in the last episode, and the documentary I watched, and all the articles I've read, I am not surprised. I'm not either. I if know if these style, things are true, I'm not surprised. Even, he, even when he's being helpful, his style is abrasive. He, he does have a very abrasive style. He does have a very patriarchal worldview. Mm-hmm. He has come under fire for that in the past. Um, He's there like are Steve Harvey. Ugh, God, Those I guys are too. like the same kind of guy. Yeah, there are lots and lots of claims in the article. <laughs> I even wrote, "I'm not surprised by most of them." In the sixth part of this article, there is the worst claim, um, yeah. which is they are now being sued for by him. Mm-hmm. Um, he is accused of assaulting a high schooler at a summer camp that he went to do a talk at. There are, are uh, according to the article, two eyewitnesses to this. Um, he alleges the claims are false, and, and this occurred in the 80s, by the way. Mm. Um, and he was like 25 or 26 at the time. Uh, he alleges the claims are false. He is suing BuzzFeed as of November 2019. It should be noted that he's suing BuzzFeed in Ireland, even though it doesn't necessarily seem that BuzzFeed Ireland was like uh, yeah, right. mainly the ones who put the article out. Um, 
And that's for... He has an Irish lawyer known for famous libel cases, Paul Tweed. Ireland is known and it's gaining a reputation for being very claimant-friendly because of the way their defamation laws are. Um, the lawyer, Mark Stevens, who was the lawyer of... Um, do you remember... God, what's his name? Uh, oh, shit. What is his name? I don't know. The The guy with the electric car and the spaceships. What? <laughs> you know, the... the he's oh, got you money. Oh, you Elon Musk. Yes. Oh, Musky. <laughs> heck, heck, oh, Musky. <laughs> oh, my God. Best Onion headline. No one calls me that or has ever called me that. Our interview with Oh, Musky. <laughs> Um, yes, the guy with the electric car and spaceship. <laughs> well, am I wrong? <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> All right, go I on. I forgot his name for a second. Yeah, Elon um, Musk. So he, um, there was a label suit against him. Do you remember this? Yeah, oh, yeah. For, be, because for calling he, someone pedo guy. Yeah, he kept calling one of those guys that was like helping rescuing. like cave diver that was rescuing yeah. those kids from a cave, and he kept calling him some pedo guy on Twitter. Yeah, he guy, rescued. There were like there were boys trapped in a cave, and he was one of the rescuers. Yeah, and and he it was like shots. He fired shots at Elon Musk on Twitter, it, and so his response was calling him pedo guy. Elon had made a some sort of submersible thing to help get the kids out, but it didn't work. Mm -hmm. And the dude pointed out that it didn't work and was like out of spec, like it was not appropriate to do this work. And, mm -hmm. and of course, naturally. Pick a Twitter fight with the guy trying to save children. Right. So the this lawyer, Mark Stevens, was, and I do not know, the, the guy mm -hmm. that Elon Musk called pedo guy, he mm -hmm. was his lawyer. Okay. So Mark Stevens says, if you have a libel case, you don't think you'll win in the U.S. or your home jurisdiction, Ireland is where you'd go. Right. So this is a lawyer known for like defending libel cases, but it only or not defending, but you know, uh, yeah, like uh, pro uh, uh, whatever. <laughs> not uh, the prosecution, <laughs> but because it's not that kind of case. But yes, so, but well, the the thing is that only works if the people you're suing have some sort of le legal presence in Ireland, right? Yeah, which Buzzfeed does, right? But like, still, if you wanted to sue someone who didn't, you couldn't do that. Right, there has to be a reason you would sue them in mm -hmm. Ireland, mm -hmm. but. But yeah, so we'll see more about that in the future, what happens with the case or anything. Yeah. Um, it is important to note that BuzzFeed does seem to be the main organization making these big claims. Mm -hmm. He essentially, he got me tooed uh, and not to downplay <laughs> these right. allegations. Um, but that's when all of this was happening and yeah. it, during when a lot of people were coming out and making these kinds of claims. Um, other other news affiliates have have written articles about what's happening mm -hmm. and commented on it, but it seems like BuzzFeed are the ones who are making the big claims. Yeah. Interesting to note that he's not suing them over the other claims. This is the main one he's suing mm -hmm. them over. Well, so we talked about this very <laughs> briefly the other night, and the thing is, that's the part I really understand. Yeah. Because that that claim is so upsetting... Whether you did it or not, you, like, can't let that just float around. Also, they have recordings and stuff of the other claims they've yeah, made. Yeah, right. This one, they have eyewitnesses, but it's something mm -hmm. that happened in the 80s. Mm -hmm. And 
is possibly more defendable in a lawsuit yeah. environment. I'm not saying it's actually defensible. No, right. But <laughs> maybe a little more for him to work with mm-hmm. that way. And it's it, a horrifying claim. It's yeah. awful. It's that's, true. that's the kind of thing that can't can't sit around for him. Right. He can't not do he something He can't like ignore that. that one yeah. or say that people just don't understand his process. Yeah, Because right. your process is not <laughs> making out with and groping a underage person. <sighs> if it is, it shouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> that's not that's what not, we do. That's not funny, but still, it's kind of funny. So, yeah, that's that. Sorry, that was a heavy one. No, that's, that's, that. that's all right. Um... So we'll see what comes of that lawsuit. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to see what happens to. I want to read yeah. that bud, bud fees. <laughs> we always call it bud fees. Bud fees. Yeah, I I want to read more of it too. It was just like at least a six part article that I did not have time to read all of. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like way too much. Um. All right, I got one for you. All right. This is episode thirty six. <clears throat> uh, this is uh David Avocado Wolf. Mm-hmm. Remember the avocado <laughs> himself? Yes. Um. Not a whole lot on him, but I just thought it was important to remember that this punchable piece of shit is still out there somewhere. Mm -hmm. Um, He's still basically doing the same thing, Um, but I thought it would be good to check in. Um, You know, as the world goes slowly insane, don't you want to know what David Avocado Wolf is doing? Like, I I definitely do. So um, he you might be interested to know that in 2019, he was a speaker at a conference called the American Priority Conference. Oh. Um, which is the most hodgepodge bullshit conference uh, ever hacked together, uh, featuring basically a bunch of pro-Trump internet personalities Ugh. at the Trump Doral Hotel in Miami. Ugh. Uh, this event seems God, that was so like stupid. the most vile sentence ever. <laughs> I know, right? Like, uh, God, it's a real boner-killing sentence if you ever heard one. Don't like it. Uh, so it's other speakers. Uh, no, wait, no, no, no. Let's go back a bit. <laughs> yeah. Just that it's, uh, it just seems fantastically stupid. Uh, but I would, I, the thing is I would so go, I really would. I wouldn't want to give them any money. No, I wouldn't either. But I really, I kind of would want to see how these that, people convince each other. Is like I'm, I'm often fascinated by things like would want to read someone's book or something, but I don't want to support them in any way. Mm-hmm. So if I could get a free copy of their book. Yeah. Um, or sneak into the conference. So the other speakers included um, that guy that ranted on YouTube about <laughs> Starbucks cups. That's literally like this dude's only real credit. Is a that guy could that, be like 10 billion people. I know, but he was the first and biggest. And somehow not. now he has a media, you know, identity around it. I can't. Unbelievable. <sighs> A pro-Trump rapper named Educating Liberals. That's his name. <laughs> I, I wrote, catchy. <laughs> That's his name. That's it's, not a rapper's it, name. It's very lazy. Anyway. Um, yeah. Also, Super dumb. Charlie Kirk, who is the chair of Turning Point USA and the guy you probably recognize from all those ridiculous Hey Liberals memes. Hmm. You know those memes that... Uh, Always end up in our group chat. The, the one I can't remember. Was that the one that said, "If global warming is real, why my PP called?" 
Okay. I can't remember. He's the guy featured in those memes? <laughs> yes. Okay. It's really funny. This guy, it, there's just a ton of memes of him. Chris yeah. sent us one of him where his arms, legs, and feet and hands were all like, like his face. Oh, okay. And he was just this jiggling mass of his own faces. Ugh. <laughs> Don't like that. That's really funny. Anyway, enough about Charlie Kirk. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot that David Avocado Wolf was a flat earther. I don't remember that either. I'm not surprised by uh, that, but I didn't remember that. I uh, I guess that I I remember that he's a proponent of a lot of dumb things, but I, Flat Earth is just so special it and It might have stupid. been something he just jumped on board with fairly recently. I don't know. I think I think that there was... Because the thing is, I think when I look back at the episode description, I think there was a mention of that. Oh, okay. Like... You know what? He, he was into so many things, including thing. drinking his own urine, <laughs> yeah. that... You just forget some of the details. Being into drinking one's own urine yeah. just sounds different than being like an advocate for urine drinking. I'm just really into drinking my own pee these days. No, I think it's accurate. <laughs> anyway, yes. Um, he also believes that mushrooms arrived on Earth via the cosmic wind, uh, which is okay. something I which found. Which is a meaningless sentence. I guess just mushrooms from space. Mushrooms from space. Uh, fungi, 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 fungi. fungi. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't know. It's, it, there doesn't seem to be any reason to think that, but if you're the avocado man, you just kind of say stuff, I guess. Yeah, he does strike me as one of these people who just says so many things. Mm-hmm. Just Anything says can a be lot true. of things. Uh, since I'm not on Facebook anymore, I miss, uh-huh. I miss basically, I can't research a lot of his stuff. So instead I went to Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, where he, you know, I can still access his feed, you know, without being a friend or a follower or whatever, um, just to see what he's up to right now. And the thing I found, um, a couple of big things he's pushing right now is a product of his called super mushroom protein. It's uh, $44 for 1.6 pounds of it. Okay. It's kind of expensive for mushroom protein. Um, it's just a mix of four mushrooms plus pea protein, goji berry protein, and hemp. Okay. It tastes like vanilla. I doubt it. I guess you would put it in a shake. Yeah, it's like something you would use as a protein powder instead of like, a, yeah. you know, wheat-based. It can't be good. No. <laughs> I mean, think about four different mushrooms, including like some of the real earthy ones, like shiitake yeah. mushrooms and stuff, <clears throat> plus Pea protein, goji berry protein, and hemp. I don't believe it tastes like vanilla. It's supposed to. I think it mostly tastes like dirt and fungus. <laughs> yeah, probably. And it's 44 bucks for like one and a half pounds. That's I can't even so imagine expensive. how physically how much that would be. It's a powder. Well, it's like. That's pretty dense. Yeah, but like, you know, like that's like a bag of flour, right? Yeah. Less. Don't you normally get like a... It's like two pounds or whatever. Two pound bag. bag of flour. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm thinking like a small bag of sugar. Right. It's a pound. So... 44 bucks. 44 bucks. Yeah. Not no. worth it. No, I don't like it. I'll keep my sugar. The other thing <laughs> is he's uh, pushing a bunch of, as everyone is, uh, coronavirus shit. Mm-hmm. Um, he's uh, telling people that zinc is a cure, which even though it's been recommended as a treatment to keep it from intensifying it's certainly not a cure mm-hmm. um a possible preventative yeah um 
or uh, you could take coated silver mineral antibiotic. Whatever silver this is. is a thing that is often used as a cure-all. This stuff, though, is it's not exact. Apparently, this stuff is 83 times more concentrated than colloidal silver. Okay. Yeah, right? <laughs> Immediately, like, nothing that he, say, he says can go unverified. Like, I, I would not believe any of these things. Yeah. Uh, even if they were true, I would have to research them. Um, so, uh... He also retweets stuff that other people share with, you know, headlines like CDC admits no studies show vaccines do not cause autism, which I was like, no, nothing proves something doesn't happen. Right. That's we not how science works. We don't prove negatives. That's not possible. Oh, God, <laughs> such a bullshit. Like, so, of course, the CDC would have to say that. Like, yes, right. there is no study that, that proves, proves it doesn't happen because that don't. is not possible. No, you, do, you instead you would have to demonstrate that it caused it once. You would have to demonstrate that that happened even once. Yeah. Which has not happened. Yeah. Anyway, he hasn't changed. The avocado man has just like he just keeps on avocado. He's wrapped himself around the times. He's, you know, the, the thing I really dislike about him and people like him, mm -hmm. and there's so many of them, is that they really prey upon people in a panic and people worried about their health and mm -hmm. people who have health problems mm -hmm. and people who do not have the best, um, ability to investigate whether or not a claim is true or false and people who already maybe believe in dubious things like in for maybe for good reasons maybe because they want to have better health or or whatever like yeah he takes advantage of people yeah and it's, it's not helping people I, it's predatory I think it's especially bad in times like these when there's even more people that are that are worried and looking for answers, and, and he more... is prolific on Facebook and on Twitter and on other social medias. Like yeah. he posts a lot, and he does that thing we talked about it in the original episode that Jen and Mel did for us, which is that he he talks he he puts out a lot of things, a lot of posts. It's just like a picture mm -hmm. with a generic quote. And a lot of them are things that you can kind of get on board with. It's like, okay, you know, like that. One. Yeah. It sounds good, but does it even mean anything? Vaguely positive bullshit. <laughs> yeah. But his name is on the bottom. So right. it's name recognition. So people go, oh, yeah, I've seen his stuff. He says cool things. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know that yeah. guy. He worms his way in. And then he otherwise. tells you, like, you should drink your pee to be healthy and buy $44 worth of mushroom powder <laughs> and... Do it's different silver. things to cure your COVID-19, and it's, like, it's, it's harmful. It's super important that people get truthful information right now <laughs> about things that actually work. Yes. It's already infuriating when people like this capitalize on bullshit, but it's especially upsetting right now. Yeah. I don't know, drinking your own pee isn't going to cure COVID, just saying. Anyway, that's David Avocado Wolf. Uh, I also have the next one, which is episode 44. I and that is Gwyneth Paltrow and Goop. Mm -hmm. um, we so the episode we did about her was basically just, you know, everything surrounding the sort of the information that Goop puts out into the world. Yeah. Specifically several vaginal treatments <laughs> that she endorsed. Yeah. Popping jade eggs up in there and stuff. Yeah. 
There are a lot of things about the vagina. And it makes me think she really doesn't like her vagina. Uh, so I'll get to this later, but until very recently, Gwyneth Paltrow didn't know what the vagina was. Mm. She what? Yeah, like someone had to explain to her that the vulva and the vagina are not oh. the same thing. Um, yeah, that's a thing that's conflated a lot. I, yeah, I, but, I, but but you know it at least, right? Yeah, most people know it and just choose to call <laughs> she their vulva it. the vagina because it's funnier and yeah. easier. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we did an episode all about all kinds of the the bullshit <laughs> that they push and the yeah, really kind of like empty pseudo spiritual everything is magical kind of like yeah. universe that is goop and the way that it is specifically uh monetized and uh, marketed to uh rich white ladies mm-hmm. who are bored mm-hmm. um i think that's a good description is that a yeah. good description yeah um since we last talked about her um they managed to score a series with netflix which we have not talked about or watched great um so glad netflix I, stop it i know why i don't <laughs> the, the thing is that's all to her credit you know yeah like good on you because that's a big audience and people did watch it and i'm not what, going so what, to what is the basis of this it's a five or six episode series just on select topics that you know they they would like they, they chose things like an episode about um uh, 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 like uh, <laughs> uh, uh, mushrooms and uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Psychedelics. Oh, okay. And they did an episode on that guy that does that dunk yourself in ice water therapy or whatever. This guy you can like, I don't know, it's stupid. Uh, they did an episode all about the female orgasm, which might be the only one that has any practical use. It's probably all wrong. Uh, but basically, if she doesn't even know the difference between the vulva and the <laughs> vagina, I don't have a lot of confidence that really she's going to educate me on my it was really funny my orgasms because she said that. And then the sex therapist or whatever that was with her was like, well, no, that's that's not what the vagina is. You know, So she gives her the distinction and she goes, oh, wow, I had no idea. You know, I'm getting a real education here myself. It's like, come on, you just made yourself look so stupid. <sighs> yes. Anyway, uh, so. The uh, Ars Technica published a article about this series. Mm-hmm. Um, the title was Goop's Netflix series. It's so much worse than I expected, and I can't unsee it. No. <laughs> really funny description. Um, the episodes, uh, the there's there's one about energy healers that, like, change your body frequency. How's that for some mm. bullshit? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's an episode all about Just psychics. like stuff that means absolutely nothing. There's there's an episode in which people are trying to, like a bunch of women are sitting around trying to levitate each other with their minds. <laughs> um, yeah, I've a, done that. There's an anti-aging episode. <laughs> it's, I mean, it sounds, it sounds fun, but it's basically the kind of stuff we would typically roll our eyes at about... Goop. My it's- experience with ev- every time I try to like take in anything produced by Goop, uh-huh. like read an article, listen to an episode of the podcast, it's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna see what this has to say, and then five minutes less than uh-huh. into it, my brain just atrophies. It's like this is boring. It's saying absolutely nothing, and yeah. I fucking hate it. That's a big, it's like not even interestingly done. That's an important distinction. 
I don't think that they actually offer much in the way of any real thought idea. It's just not, it's just not clever. Right. It's, it's not even, it's mostly, it's like not even rich, a bad thing done well. It's rich people sitting around passing the day <laughs> and, you know, or encouraging you to buy way As a non-rich things. person, if you're going to mislead me, at least fucking entertain me. Right. Put on a good show. That's what we've come to expect. Yeah, I don't have $500 to drop on a weird thing to put up my hoo-ha. <laughs> if I'm going to drop money on something, I need to have good reason. Don't bore me. Yeah, right. It's just... Convince me I should shove it on up there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're used to being misled but entertained, and we like it. Yeah. You got to do both. Yeah, I can't. I'm, I don't want to just be entertained. I also want to be misled. Well, when you put it that way, kind of doesn't. Yeah, you know what's going on. It goes it. both ways, definitely. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, yeah, it's every. Here's the other thing that they made a note of that really drove me nuts. Every single episode of this Goop series uh, begins with a disclaimer, and it mm -hmm. says, This show is not meant to provide medical advice. <laughs> that is the thing that makes me the fucking angriest you about think this. It clearly is. Because if, if Goop is not advice then what is it in ad they've they, <laughs> it's it just an ad. ad but that's the thing is they've been doing this for so long well the in thing is they forms. have to provide that because they've been sued yeah for the shit they've said so they have to say we know that our content is providing medical advice but it's not medical advice yeah it's really irritating to me because they know exactly what they're doing <laughs> yeah just the fact that they can kind of legally skirt it by saying, don't do what we do. Like, people are watching to do what you do. Right. And you know it. Yeah. So if you really didn't want people to do what you do, you'd stop doing this. Right. Your whole point is to get people to buy this shit. Mm -hmm. And the only reason for them to buy it is because it does the things that you claim it does, <sighs> which are all have to do with, like, your health in some way. Mm -hmm. It's bullshit. It's just infuriating. But there is... The whole thing of the whole episode just about masturbating, so that's pretty good. I mean, I don't need someone to tell me how to do that. I figured it out. <laughs> I think I got that one unlocked. We got <laughs> professional here. Yeah. Been an expert for years. Uh, congrats. Mm-hmm. Uh, your, uh, your ribbon is in the mail. Can't wait to hang that on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's that for Goop. Um, what's you, next? You with episode 69. Nice. Nice. So episode 69, nice, nice. was uh, about Dr. Bronner's. Oh, yeah. So this isn't a huge update, but in light of everything <coughs> happening right now, they are a soap company. And mm -hmm. so I did want to see what their response has been. So they don't have anything explicitly written on their website itself. Mm -hmm. But if you go to their blog, which is easy to find on their website, um, they do have a post. It was maybe like the third or fourth post back. So pretty recent. Um, saying essentially that um, in light of COVID-19, the employees that they have that are able to work from home are working from home mm -hmm. and they're trying to continue to provide soap and hand sanitizer in the safest way possible for their employees. Mm -hmm. And that basically they're producing hand sanitizer, something like 600% of what they would normally do. So where is all this stuff? I don't know. I everyone's, can't find it. Everyone's <laughs> claiming they're like ramping up production and I can never find any of it. 
Yeah. But they are trying, Mm -hmm. essentially, but there are limitations to what they can get their hands on to make the products. Mm -hmm. But uh, that was basically what they said, is like, we're doing our best to keep our employees safe, but also put out the products that are needed during this time. So that was that. But they are responding to it. As a soap company, they are doing their due diligence and responding to it. So, hey, hey, do you think that the Dr. Bronner's blog is called the Soapbox? <sighs> I wish. I don't think it is. It should be. It should be. <laughs> I, I think that's what we called the episode, right? Did we? I, I think so. It had something about the Soapbox. It probably did. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like Because I, I have one joke for everything. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, well then let me do episode 74 here. Uh, that was, uh, the incels episode. Not a huge update here, and I feel like I've said that too many times for our 100th Eh, episode. It's okay, I did too. My last one is one sentence. Um, really? (laughs) Yeah. Um, this one is mostly, so we did an episode all about the incel subculture, which if you didn't listen to it or don't know what it is, that's the community of people online who refer to themselves as involuntarily celibate. Generally men. Usually. And the women that identify this way are known as femcells, by the way. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's, it's mostly a male group who uh, believe that the world owes them a girlfriend. I believe would be one way to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, now I have a certain amount of empathy for these dudes and I don't like want to sound <laughs> dismissive because like there are a lot of really lonely people in the world. Yeah. Um, it, it's understandable to be frustrated and it's mm-hmm. understandable to not understand Yeah. why you're in the situation you're in. But like the thing is not being able to, you know, be with someone <laughs> isn't like, it's not like a, the world hasn't done something to you, you know? Right. And that's, I think, the the da- the real danger of this stuff is when you get enough people together with the same grievances as a community that amplifies those grievances, just, mm-hmm. just sort of screaming into the void. It's just, it's like the way a tornado builds. Well, it's groupthink. Yeah. It, when you get a group of people that have the same idea, it amplifies and exaggerates mm-hmm. yeah. and and then that exaggerated idea gets exaggerated mm-hmm. and it, it can go out of control very easily and as we noted that uh, a large number of these sort of like when you have a like a mass shooting event or whatever mm-hmm. a lot of these things not all of them obviously but like a statistically significant number of them are perpetrated by dudes a dudes who be like belong to groups like this <clears throat> online mm-hmm. who are you know you know like you know angry at the world angry at the system angry at other people angry yeah. at women in particular and yeah. there's a there's a correlation between how intense you are in that world and physical violence mm-hmm. and, and among people who are in these groups because of i think in part partly to that group think thing where, like, these ideas get more and more exaggerated. Mm-hmm. Things like physical violence towards women are, like, encouraged and applauded. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that most of these individuals in real life would actually believe that or would do those things. I agree. But. There are just enough guys who, they, they're waiting for their time. And sometimes the people who believe to these groups or mm-hmm. belong to these groups are people who have other issues. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's 
mental illness or, or sometimes it's other things that maybe make them not so good at understanding that things people say online aren't necessarily what they really think or what you should be doing. Mm -hmm. And that's very dangerous. Yeah. Well, yes. Uh, and specifically to the point of that danger, uh, the update <laughs> I have right now mostly is just that there is a growing concern that during this time period in particular, when people are isolated from each other, mm -hmm. there's a significant risk of people and radicalization is not the right word, mm -hmm. but intensifying beliefs of, you know, sort of this nature. Yeah. People are spending more time online yes, and obviously spending less time around other people. Mm -hmm. And this is a group of people that already probably spent more time online mm -hmm. and, and less time around other people in real life. Mm -hmm. Not, not a hundred percent of the time, but a lot of the time I would say. It just seems like a lot of the, the this group in particular, like yeah, because their the, support system became one that is online. The, so the many people of their, who believe what they believe are congregating in these internet spaces. Yeah, it's for the most part not something that happens in the physical world. It's, it's yeah, it's, this is a, it, an internet relationship and dynamic. Mm -hmm. um, the New York Times ran this opinion piece uh, by someone named Annie Kelly, who is a PhD student researching anti-feminism and the alt right, and how both of those are influenced by digital cultures, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, she made a she made a really interesting uh, case that during a time like this, there's a bunch of things that are that are happening at once. One of them is people retreating to the familiar, and they're more distrustful of things that seem like a threat. Sort of like the, I guess, the opposite of keeping an open mind about things. Sort of mm -hmm. more more traditional ideas, um, more I guess you could say conservative. Mm -hmm. But you know, basically, people retreat to what they already know. I guess. Um, she wrote, and this is really interesting to me, secular societies struggled with providing mechanisms to resolve feelings of guilt. I think that's true. Okay. I, I think that like people in general have a tendency toward guilt. Mm. And I think that there is something inherent to like a lot of religious systems, which provides a way to feel either that you've atoned for yourself or that you're, you know, given grace or mm -hmm. that you're the chosen people or that you have a mandate like to do. And so you shouldn't right. feel guilty. Like there's all these great religious ways yeah. of like metabolizing guilt, pray and ask for forgiveness. Or mm -hmm. if you're a Catholic, go to confession and do your penance and penance and, mm -hmm. and be forgiven. Yeah. There's a lot of ways religious societies deal with when, guilt. When you're secular and don't have a religion, sometimes the answer is, well, are you guilty? Like, yeah, right. Did you do the thing? Like, That's should thing. you feel bad about it? It's a it's a little bit harder. Yeah, it's a little bit harder because it involves actually reconciling for yourself that maybe you fucked up, but you're not a bad person. And that's, I just think it's easier in some ways if you have a mandate. Yeah, you know? we we also think in terms of black and white a lot. Right, and and so it's it's hard to rectify that like. Like you said, like just because I might have done a bad thing doesn't mean I'm a bad person overall. Right. Or like I I can improve myself while still having done a bad thing and maybe not explicitly have been given forgiveness for yeah. it. Like Right, because that's the other thing. And that's a struggle. You often don't get just forgiveness outside of 
you know, again, this is this this is the point she was making. And the reason it's relevant is we could very easily find ourselves in a position a couple hundred days from now where so many people have died and those of us who are still around do have some survivor's guilt mm-hmm. and and don't know what to do with that. Yeah. Don't know how to process why we were lucky enough. And, yeah. And, and so anyway, yeah, just the... The, without an effective means of resolving that, it's very easy for someone to, you know, this is how whole cultures get bent towards blaming subgroups or, you know. You okay, know, this is I, why, I see the connection. This now. is why like, it's, this happened because these people were doing that. It's this person's fault. It's, the, you know, if they hadn't, you know, and we're already doing it. We're already finger pointing yeah. about whose fault the situation we're in is. And that can get significantly easier to bend people on mm-hmm. when there's more guilt involved. So that's one thing, right? Um, the other thing, the last thing I wanted to say about this article, and it's really my whole update on the incels thing, but it just, it felt relevant to talk about this. Mm-hmm. You know, the, like the tendency towards this sort of whatever this, um, you know, radicalization online is. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a quote that she put in the article, and this is from someone who, uh, you know, identifies himself as an incel online. Uh, This is his quote. This kind of bothered me. Normies now feel what we feel all the time. Alone, bored, sad, aimless, horny, empty, desolate, disconnected from the rest of humanity. The endless drone of whining and moaning I'm seeing on the social media timelines is the hellscape we have to endure constantly all the time during normal times. I can't help but have a huge dose of schadenfreude over this. Welcome to our world, normie scum. Yeah. I just feel it's relevant to say, to, to, to note that that's how at least one of them is feeling right now. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like you put enough people in this place emotionally, there is a tendency for people to, like, need someone to blame, you know, to, to and channel still their... there's a superiority complex, right? There's like in, instead of empathy, yeah. instead of understanding that that people are upset for valid reasons, it's mm. internalized in like, well, yeah, sure. Now you feel this way, but I always do. So look at me and care more about my predicament. I don't know if it's uh, superiority as much as it's martyrdom. Yeah, and yeah, I get and that. I think that that's channeling like gr- grief into rage. Yeah. So the reason, the whole reason I even thought this was worthy of an update is that there is this feeling of the connection of that mentality to, like, all of us. Yeah. So uh, protect your brains is what I'm saying. Because <laughs> we're in for, like, another month, you know? Yeah, at least. Um, anyway, it's your episode. I'm sorry. <laughs> Why are you apologizing? <laughs> I just feel like I took a long time on that. No, so. that's okay. My last update is one sentence. And number 83, right? Yep, that was the fruitcake episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So really, my only update on that is I said I was going to make one, and I made one. It was all right. That's it. I, I made it for New Year's Eve. I also made figgy pudding. Yeah. Um, Everyone loved your figgy pudding. It was more of a deconstructed figgy pudding. Yeah. Uh, because yeah. I might have issues with things like patience. Let's in say unmolding it's an artistic things. <laughs> but it did taste really good. Mm-hmm. The fruit cake was eaten less, I will say. But it was basically like a spice cake. I didn't use the candied fruit in it. 
Uh, mostly because I couldn't get it. Mm. I waited too late to try to buy it at the store, and then I tried to buy it online, and my order was canceled Mm. because I did not have it in stock. So, yeah. Um, But I made it with, like, dried figs and and things like that that I already had for the other things I was making. And it was good. Yeah. It was a spice cake with some fruit in it. (laughs) It was yummy. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was okay. That's, you know... So much damn food as always at New Year's. It does. Yeah, sort of too like, many options. It's hard for anything to. We're not really, doing that next year. We're gonna simplify this. We're going to simplify. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't want. Uh, I don't want to have to clean. We're doing the appetizers. Whole house We're doing appetizers in like a dessert. Yeah. And that's and it. And a ham. Because people always bring stuff. No. And a turkey. Stop it. We need both. No. Okay. I just yelled into the mic. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I'm very uh, passionate about this and um, fruitcake. I have one more, and my phone is dying. <laughs> Do it fast. Uh, so episode 84 was the one about Area 51. Mm-hmm, 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 so mm-hmm. we did this whole episode about the idea of people basically were getting ready to barnstorm Area 51. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, Basically, no, no, actually, if I remember correctly, it might have been that the storm. No, no, no. Yeah. So Storm Area 51 was this big Facebook event that mm-hmm. got all this likes, you know, all this uh, interest and people signed up. And I think the description was they can't shoot all of us or something. like that. Yeah, they can't kill all of us. <laughs> right. So at the time we did the episode, that event had already been canceled or postponed or whatever. Yeah, by they were the talking about doing it. like an EDM music festival in that town. Yes. So there was a plan to have Alien Stock, which was a music festival uh, in Rachel, Nevada. Which <laughs> and is, there was. Oh, go ahead. It's a very, very small town. Yeah. Uh, with the where the little alien is that mm-hmm. uh, that famous, you know, hotel or whatever. And uh yeah, there was some concern that actually doing that in in mm-hmm. or near that town could very easily overwhelm a town that was very small and yes. did not have the resources to provide things like, you know, the electricity they would need and yeah. and the the water they would need and and mm-hmm. things that might affect the citizens because they were trying to provide for this weird festival that the, no one really wanted. The residents were deeply concerned. They were ready to take up arms over it. They were begging the state to shut down the freeway into town. They were, yeah. like, really worried. Uh, only the next month after we did the episode that Maddie Roberts, the creator of Storm Area 51, mm-hmm. uh, said, uh, due to the lack of infrastructure, poor planning, risk management, and blatant disregard for the safety of the expected 10,000-plus alien stock attendees, we decided to pull the plug on the festival. Uh, he also said, we are not interested in, nor will we tolerate any involvement in a Firefest 2.0. <laughs> so. Wise. They canceled. He canceled Alien Stock, right? Mm-hmm. In- instead, he promoted a free festival in Vegas, which had a bunch of the acts that had dropped out of Alien Stock. Mm-hmm. So there was a replacement, right? Mm-hmm. However, one of the other organizers did not back down. Oh, no. And said it's still odd. Oh, no. <laughs> um. So uh, her name is Connie West. She's mm, one of, I Connie. guess. Connie. Connie. Oh, oh, Connie. Baby, what, what are you doing, darling? Connie, no. Uh, she <laughs> is one of three people who mm. was involved in the creation of this festival. Here's so it was Maddie, Connie, and someone else? Yes. Okay. Here's the thing. She had already paid 
$1,000 out of her own pocket Oof. for security for this event. Connie got that security money. Much of that is non-refundable. Oof. And then Maddie cancels. Mm, so what do you oof. do? Yeah. You think to yourself, God, I, maybe I can make some of this back. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, she had some real stake in it. So, um, you think... Did he lose money on it? I'm curious. About, like, uh, did is, he have other, money The other guys didn't put money in. She was the one who put actual money into this. Hmm. Um, so, basically what happens is around 3,000 people actually show up. Oh, no. But there was a stage. There was music. There were toilets and water. Less than 10 people got arrested the, for the whole three-day festival. Okay. The residents were happy, and the crowd was nice to each other. Okay. And they had a great little festival. All right. And well, that's like the best possible and, outcome. And everything was fine. Well, and the <laughs> thing is, that festival was supposed to be much, much bigger than that. So if it had been, it would have been much worse. Right, exactly. Like, because it was actually canceled... <laughs> The only people that still showed up were like the really, really devoted people. And the fact that there were 3,000 is still impressive to yeah, me. Yeah, that's still not, that's not small. That's probably better than fire. The, the result is better than fire festival. Oh, yes, definitely. <laughs> well, the thing is, it just, it just didn't turn out to be an emergency. Um, yeah. And I thought that that was nice. That after all that panic, and I would have been super panicked if I lived you know, in Rachel, Nevada. And right. all of a sudden, this is coming to my very small town that doesn't even have a gas station. Yeah. Um, but it all worked out. Well, that's good. I'm glad everyone ended up happy. So, yeah, alien stock. And that she didn't totally lose her money. I don't know, actually, if she made... Um, she a... probably didn't make any money, but at least, like, mm -hmm. she didn't just blow money for no reason. Like, at least something came of it. Right. That's actually kind of nice. Yeah. But... Wow. But that was Area, wow. Area 51. It's uh, it's still there. The aliens are still there, obviously. And it's true. If we decided all to run at Area 51 at full speed, they can't kill all uh, of us. Excuse me, Naruto run. Yeah. You can't just run normally. No, you got a Naruto run. So you can outrun this. This is so weird. What is our lights? This isn't real. Yeah. My favorite. This is not my real. My favorite was that thing where the, the, the like military dude is given a presentation on what a Naruto oh, yeah. run is. Oh, my God. <laughs> I read somewhere the true story of that was like it was a mock presentation and it was just part of some training or whatever. It didn't have to be a serious thing. Yeah, he was like, okay, this is a thing that's going on, so this yeah. will be funny for me to talk about. <laughs> I really wish it was something very official. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, So that is 18 episodes, uh, updates from 99 total episodes of this show. Yeah. And that, that is 100 episodes of Goose Chase condensed into some neat little updates. Yeah. I, uh... I still can't believe we did a hundred of these. I know. I don't know how we're going to do a hundred more. <laughs> There's plenty of topics on our list. I just added a new one to it today. Yeah. Um, maybe it was yesterday, but regardless. And uh, we are still accepting suggestions. So if yeah. there's something you think we should talk about, we would love to know. 
Uh, I feel like this is a really good time to also say thanks to people who have been listening to this all this time. Yeah, it's been a long time. It's been, what, a few years? Yeah, it's like two and a half years. So, and there's people that are still listening. Why? Why are you <laughs> listening to this? Uh, and also, I wanted, <laughs> but to, thank you. I wanted to thank those of you that have come on the show and sat down and talked with us. It's it's The guest episodes have been really fun. Yeah, we've we've had some really really great guest episodes. Some of the stuff that has been revealed in those episodes or in our episodes is stuff that still just rattles around my head like every day, and I think that's really like the great thing about doing this show is, I mean, we're picking stuff up, we're losing <laughs> some stuff too, but we're picking stuff up that's like I don't know, it's it's part of our world now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So I want to thank everyone who listens, who sent in ideas, who sat in with us. Um, it has been really cool doing 100 episodes of the show, and I look forward to doing more. Yeah, obviously guest episodes will be on a hiatus for the time being, mm-hmm. and, unless there's someone we can you know, find a way to do it with but, uh, but remotely, mo- which is a possibility. But mostly I want to thank you. Oh, I don't want to thank you. Yeah. I, I think you're dead weight. <laughs> Cut them loose. <laughs> the the best part of that is like I I do not do the recording of the physical recording of the episode. Or like the production. Yeah. Uh you do all the editing. Right. <laughs> you upload everything. <laughs> I am the one that is contributing very little Untrue. to the technical side of this, at least. I think that if you... if I were to cut you loose, there would be no podcast. <laughs> I think that you are the soul of this show, and yeah. you're the whole reason it works. You flatter me. It's, it's it the is truth. a team effort for yeah, sure. It is, but it's like sixty percent you. But in all seriousness, thank you. Mm. This has been a lot of fun. This is an idea that started out of the failure of another idea. <laughs> yeah. I I don't know that either of us thought that we would do this for a hundred episodes or no. more. I. If you'd, a- if you'd asked me... I don't know that I really thought about the future of it. I wanted to do a podcast for a long time. Yeah. I don't know that I really thought about what it will look like at 100 episodes. Yeah. But it is... Uh, it has grown. Mm-hmm. Like, it has changed. Mm-hmm. As, I think we've gotten a little better at it. Yeah. And as we, like, got better equipment and, like... Mm-hmm. found out what worked and just like as we evolved as a show certain things just didn't make sense to do anymore or mm-hmm. we changed order of you things mean like eat or... waffles <laughs> oh no that still makes sense remember remember eating stroop waffles yeah just to eat snacks <clears throat> man we just had snacks I'm, I'm telling you during this stay at shelter at home shit, yeah. I'm trying to make stroop waffles. <laughs> I gotta do it. It's it's gonna happen. It's the mountain. I have the waffle cone maker. <laughs> Everything's in place. Yeah. Why have I not already? I just I don't know. <laughs> but it's, it's yeah, clearly, yeah, it's, things have changed. We eat on this podcast less. Yeah. Um, and it, that was partly because in the beginning we were trying to have like a middle segment and we, we held to, on to that yeah. for a long time and then realized like if all we're doing is eating and snacking, it's not really worth Yeah. Plus, I think it. most people hate that. Yeah. Especially in an audio podcast. Right. It's like not even anything to look at. Um, but yeah, we, we have changed and, and tried to do things yeah. that, that make sense for the show and it's still fun. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I still fucking hate doing research. <laughs> Sometimes I, it's I like hard. it. I like it. But it's work. In a lot of ways. But it is work. Yeah. Um, but, it, but, the, but doing I the do show makes it worth it. it. Yeah, the show part of it is really fun. And yeah. and telling you about things you don't know and seeing your reactions and your comments is really fun. Every time we have a guest is really fun. Yeah. And and this thing kind of organically happened with our guests that I didn't intend to happen. Like it, when we first started having guests, it was like, yeah, come on the show. Like we can still do the research because I don't expect anyone <sighs> to do the research. Like we can still do it. And maybe you yeah. can do like the truth and news if you want to. But just like come on and talk to us. And and the more guests we had, the more it shifted to like, oh, no, I want to do a topic like yeah. I have something to contribute to your show. Yeah. And and sometimes like uh, last time Drew came on, she did the topic and she did the truth and news like, yeah, it, it's become <laughs> she did a, the whole episode. Right. We didn't have to do anything. It was fantastic. <laughs> and it was a great episode. That was the salt <clears throat> episode. But yeah. it just became this like it, it's really fun for me to see other people invested in the idea of this podcast like it's something that's interesting to people that are not just me and you and that's not necessarily something i expected (laughs) (laughs) to be honest yeah i agree like we have friends that that have listened the whole time and i think that's awesome and i'm glad that we do yeah but i didn't know that it would be something that other people Mm-hmm. Believe in enough to want to contribute, even if it's just five hours of their time out yeah. of their busy week, to do research and then come and talk about it for an hour and a half or whatever. The concept, well, exciting. The concept that the show was built on has <clears throat> rooted itself out, which is if you're curious and you're willing to dig around, you can really uncover some fascinating stories that are super entertaining and interesting and just parts of the world you never thought about. Right. And, and things that are like often overlooked. I mean, the salt episode is like the most exciting example of this to me. Yeah. Because it's fresh in our minds, it's like and, a, the perfect example. And because it's so ubiquitous, ubiquitous. Like it's something that we use all the time. Like mm-hmm. it, it's oft overlooked, you yeah. know? Um, and the fact that there is such a good story in something like that is yeah. just evidence to me that if you're willing to do a little digging, there's a story in almost anything. Yeah. And um, that's why we do what we do, mm-hmm. because we're people who look at stuff like that and go, okay, yeah, but like, what about that shit? <laughs> <laughs> why is no yeah, one talking right. about this stuff? Right. So, yeah, I'm, I'm grateful that people still listen, and mm-hmm. I hope that this episode was fun for them to get a couple updates mm-hmm. on what we've done for these past two and a half years. Yeah. I love doing this show, and I love you. <clears throat> Aw. And uh, I hope we get I to do lots of more of these. I love both of those things, too, <laughs> meaning the show and myself. <laughs> no, I, I get, love you, too. I hope we get to do a lot more of this. I do, too. Um, so, anyway, on this 100th episode... Thank you for listening for a very long time to Goose Chase. Goose Chase. We will see you uh, probably in a couple weeks with the big old 101. Yeah. All right. Get pumped. (laughs) I have no idea what episode 101 is going to be. Get pumped. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We will see you uh, next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Goose Chase. We are Goose Chase Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. On Twitter, our handle is at Goose Chase Pod. 
And our website is www.goosechasepodcast.com. If you have any topics you'd like us to research, please email us at goosechasepodcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do on the show, please rate and review us on iTunes and Google Play. Want to go on a goose chase? Ooh, yes. 